1: Hi, this is John. This week on the Cinephiles, we're talking about my favorite 80s film. That's right, my favorite 80s film, 1986's Top Gun, directed by Tony Scott. I'm actually recording this preview right by an airbase, so if you hear all these big sounds, I'm doing it because I'm inspired to record this preview in this location. It's directed by Tony Scott, and of course it stars Tom Cruise in a star-making turn, uh, Tom Cruise. Uh, this is the one that announced him as a superstar, and he's still going today. We've got a Mission Impossible film coming out here in a little bit. The film also stars Kelly McGillis, Anthony Edwards, Tom Skerritt, Michael Ironside, and with appearances by Meg Ryan and Tim Robbins, if you've got an eagle eye, and Adrian Pasdar, if you want to go that deep in your actor knowledge. It's set at a Top Gun school where these uh, Navy pilots are competing to see who's going to be the best pilot. And of course, Val Kilmer. I can't leave out Val Kilmer as Iceman and Rick Rosevich uh, as his uh, a backup there or as a second in the, in the plane. This is an incredible film for me. It's one I go back to all the time whenever I'm down, I'm feeling sad or like things aren't kind of working out in my life. I can pop on Top Gun, and I'm back to being 15 again. I'm back to thinking about the world and all its possibilities again. For whatever reason, it really speaks to me. It's got a fantastic soundtrack with artists like Berlin and Kenny Loggins and Cheap Trick and some great music all around. And yes, there are some uh, maybe slightly homoerotic uh, things going on there, which Quentin Tarantino wrote a really fantastic essay about. So this week, 1986's Top Gun, directed by Tony Scott, on the cinephiles. And as always, if you want to buy the movie or see the movie before you uh, listen to our episode you can go to www.cinefiles.net that's cine-files.net and you can buy the movie through our amazon link there or listen to some of our episodes as well through that website so thanks again we'll talk to you this week and break down 1986's top gun
2: what's your problem kazanski
3: you're everyone's problem that's because every time you go up in the air you're unsafe I don't like you because you're dangerous. That's right. Ice man. I am dangerous.
4: Hello and welcome once again to The Cinephiles, where each week we enter the world of a great film. We explore its themes, its history, the filmmaking, and the influence it has on us today. My name is Steve Morris. I am a directing instructor and a filmmaker in Los Angeles, California.
1: Hello, everyone. My name is John Roca. Steve has his tongue firmly planted in his cheek saying all of that. I am... Everything I said was true. <laughs> yeah, true, but, uh, but with, with the film we're going to talk about today, yeah, that tongue is firmly planted in his cheek. <laughs> but let me say, I am a voiceover actor, host, writer, producer, all that on ca- on-air talent over there at Collider. Um, and I can't wait to talk about this movie. It is my 80, favorite eighties movie and I feel the need for speed.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> I have felt so much excitement coming from you yeah. about talking about this movie. I love this movie. And in case you didn't pick up on the quote <laughs> or read the, the movie we're talking about is top gun, top Gun. top gun, ladies and gentlemen, yeah. this is a Patreon pick. It comes from Matt young and Colton blackstop. Thank you very much for your support. And I hope you like what we do with top gun. Um, John, yes. How did you come to contact? Oh, oh, I came
1: to this on a beautiful Friday night in uh, in Virginia when I was what uh, was the eighty six film. Uh, so I was probably 15, going on to 16. I had just like become the man in my life. Like I lifted weights. I was this was like the beginning of the change of my life right. from what I was before the nerdy who got beat up all the time to a guy who could defend himself and was lifting weights and running and working out and picking up women and uh, well, women, uh, high school girls that I was dating when I was in high school. Like I just had a nice confidence, and this film came at the right time as my confidence as a young man was instilled inside me by my own work and you know this so this film i remember distinctly seeing it with my friends i went back like five or six times to see this movie wow. it is an addiction this film is my favorite 80s movie bar none you can have your raiders you can have your star wars you can have whatever you want this film always has just a special memory to me and and a and, uh, uh, sensory memory and uh and uh, visceral memory for me so Uh, whenever I see it I always watch it with a big stupid smile on my face and just enjoy it for what it was
4: and you just watched it this morning I
1: did do you still have the big stupid smile on your face I do I, I do it's just a perfect film of its time that still works and it makes me remember a more innocent time in my life an innocent time I feel in our world even though all this nuclear stuff was happening at the same time we were also still a little more innocent about shit in the 80s and I think we're Way too aware of stuff now. Not in a negative way. I just think we are. And so this is a more innocent film and fun film.
4: Well, I think I I would put it slightly differently, which is Mm -hmm. that in the 70s, we were cynical yes. and dark. And you know, not. we did Taxi Driver right. and all these movies that expose the underbelly of America. And the military. And the military. Right. And in the in, you know, with Apocalypse Now right. and Deer Hunter. Coming home. Coming home. Coming home. home stuff, yeah. 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 And so this is the reaction to that. Yeah. So it is more innocent, but it's it's like putting aside all of the dark crap we're into mm-hmm. and saying, no, let's be patriotic and let's, mm-hmm. you know, get to this. And and a little bit about the pre-production. Of course, this is at the beginning of the wave of Simpson. Bruckheimer Don Simpson and Jerry Bruckheimer which of course later became just Jerry Bruckheimer after Don Simpson passed away they had done Beverly Hills Cop they had done Flashdance and they are just and then and then Top Gun this is the movie yeah That solidifies what they are going to be. And this whole thing started because Jerry Bruckheimer reads an article in California Magazine about this school called Top Gun. He takes it to Don Simpson and they go, this is a movie. They hire Jim Cash and Jack Epps as the writers. Mm -hmm. And and the one thing that they know is we have to have, it's not just military cooperation. It's more than that. They have to have complete buy-in and participation by the Navy Mm -hmm. or they can't make the movie. And uh, they bring in a guy whose name, they, a whole bunch of naval advisors, but the key one is Peter Pettigrew. Okay. Not Peter Pettigrew, who was a, a betrayed Harry Potter's family, <laughs> but Peter Pettigrew, who's uh, call sign was Viper. Yes. He is the real wow. Viper. Wow. And he is their key advisor and research with him just changed everything. Mm-hmm. And because they had started writing a script not really knowing how real fighter pilots operate. Right. And then they started to find out, they started to hear all the terms and they started to feel out, find out the tactics and the dangers and how everything worked. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Jim Epps, who had been a pilot, had a pilot's license, goes and gets a ride with one of these Navy pilots sitting in the back seat you know and the experience that he had after experiencing 4Gs and 3Gs and these turns and barrel rolls is he realized that this was so physical yeah that's the thing he didn't understand and he had an epiphany and the epiphany is that these guys are athletes and this movie should not be an adventure movie this is a sports movie yeah which is part of why I think you love it so yes, much I is agree. that and so they added these things like the locker room mm-hmm. and the trophy because spoiler alert there is no trophy at top gun what that does not exist and what the navy what the navy guy said or locker rooms no well well they have places they change but it's not like we hang out in a locker room like a sports team (laughs) right and 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 the thing that they said is that not only do we not have a trophy we would never have a trophy because all we're trying to teach at top gun is teamwork yeah everyone is not competition and he says if we had a trophy these guys would all kill each other yes trying to get it so they don't have a trophy hence the movie hence the movie The first person they're going after is Tony Scott. Now, he'd only directed one movie before this, which is The Hunger. Right, The Hunger. Which, uh, David Bowie. Right. Yeah, I think it's David Bowie. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't one. think I've ever seen it. Oh, really? Yeah. It's one of those ones in the early 80s, those pockets of those kinds of films. Weird, it's supposed yeah. to be like a weird, horrorish sort of thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And it didn't do that well. It's like The Hidden. It's mm. a weird kind of... Anything thing. that has starts with an H in one word is going to be a weird movie. <laughs> it's hard for you. Yeah. Fair, um, fair. So he's off doing commercials, and, and he thinks that... Tony Scott thinks that they went for him because he had done a commercial where a sob races a fighter jet, oh. and they're like, oh, this guy knows how to deal with fighter jets, and so <laughs> that's how he got the job. That's what he thinks. Wow. And in fact, the two writers, um, Cash and Ebs, wrote this movie with Tom Cruise in mind. Wow. They wanted Tom Cruise, and he had come off of... Risky Business and Taps and the Outsiders. And he was actually in the middle of making legend. Oh. With Tony Scott's brother. Wow. With Ridley. Right. When they and, and Tom Cruise was resistant. He resistant. He didn't want to do the movie. And so they finally said, let's get him in the backseat of a blue angel. And they pulled Tom Cruise off the Legend set, and he's got like his ponytail, and and the Blue Angels are going, "Who is this hippie guy? We're gonna show him. We're gonna make him sick." They do every single thing they could think of to him. He gets out of the jet and says, "I'm making the movie," <laughs> and that is how this whole thing got started. That's how it
1: goes. Yeah.
4: Um, shall we get into the film? Well, first we have to find out when you watched it first. I didn't say. You didn't say. Oh, I apologize. Steve, (laughs) when did you watch Top Gun for the first time? (laughs) Saw it in the theater when it came out. Mm -hmm. Loved it. It immediately went into that rotation. The VHS, go to the video store. You want to watch Top Gun again? Yeah, let's watch Top Gun again. I watched it over and over and over again in the 80s. -hmm. I watched it less in the 90s. I watched it less in the aughts. Wow. I don't think I'd seen it for eight or nine years when I watched it last night. Wow. And I think that I have grown in a certain way I totally enjoyed it last night. Okay, but good. my feelings are more complicated than they were back in the eighties.
1: <laughs> oh, this will be a fun discussion then.
4: <laughs> Did Karen,
1: who loves this film, your wife, still loved it? She still loves she, but she that's also right. she
4: also loved it in a sort of oh, that's interesting <laughs> kind yeah, of way.
1: I understand.
4: I mean, because it is it's Top Gun, man. Yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> in a place for the week.
1: <laughs> This ain't Jean-Luc Picard's Top Gun. This is no, Shatner's Top Gun, this damn is, it. Oh,
4: absolutely. Way more connection to Shatner. <laughs> it's right. Um, we start with the music. Yeah, man. That Top Gun anthem. I'm literally hearing it in my head right at this very moment. <laughs> Harold Fultemeier. Harold Fultemeyer. Yeah. So apparently he was like an engineer on Flashdance. And then he composed the music for Beverly Hills Cop. Right. And he, this, this is just a funny story about this anthem. So they give him the script. He reads the script. He's having dinner with uh, Simpson and Bruckheimer. Uh-huh. And he says, love the script. I already got the anthem for it. They're like, great, let's hear it. And what he meant was, I've got it in my head. I think I know what to do. Oh, wow. And, and he said, oh, well, you know, yeah, maybe we'll get together next week and I'll play it for you. And they're like, no, let's hear it tonight. And he went... Okay. <laughs> so he goes home. He calls some musician friends, a guitar person, a drummer, a keyboard right. person. They record it that night, mix it. Simpson, Bruckheimer, and Tom Cruise show up at 1 a.m. that night. What? To hear the anthem for Top Gun.
1: Good
2: God.
4: Which they loved. Wow. Yeah um and musicians are musicians man man you got to and i think he knew which is like yeah. this is the job yeah. like my job is now to get this thing done in this right. amount of time um we get a little text intro about top gun school and you know where it came to established in the 60s to improve fighter pilot skills um and we go into the aircraft carrier mm-hmm. and i think the footage that was shot here the slow motion the smoke the gradient filters, which makes it sort of darker on the top and lighter on the bottom, mm-hmm. that is going to be the Simpson Bruckheimer look. Oh, yeah. We see that in Con Air and, and Armageddon. Bad, bad and Boys. Bad Boys. Yeah, this is so I think Tony Scott is so important mm-hmm. to who Bruckheimer and Simpson are going to be. It's a very good point. Whole style of movies, um, which, by the way, the studio hated all this and said, you got to cut it out. We don't like all this slow motion. There's too much smoke. <laughs> so, what do they know? Of course. Uh, and then we go into, you know, we get—we don't usually talk about music so much at the beginning. But what song starts at the end of the anthem?
1: Danger Zone. Danger,
4: Danger zone. zone. Kenny Loggins. Yeah, Dude, the, the soundtrack king of the 80s, Kenny yeah. Loggins. Well, and we should... I mean, we'll get into it later, but yep. this is a big soundtrack in the oh, era when there were soundtracks. Oh, my God. I I had, had this, did you have the soundtrack?
1: Question? Oh, of course. I had this on cassette. I bought it that the next day. I, I went to the store and bought it on cassette, and
4: then later in CD. I had on it CD. on cassette, too. I listened to it over and over again. Yeah. Um, and uh, the guy who's mainly responsible is a guy named Giorgio Mor- Moroder. Moroder. Yep. Yeah. And he is a big dude. I didn't know all of... I mean, I read he did Blondie and David Bowie and... Mm-hmm all sorts of huge huge music acts yeah and he still works now he just did the, he did a couple
1: of tracks on the Daft Punk album the most recent oh, really? Daft Punk album yeah man you gotta yeah. listen to that it's like a callback to eighty synth it's fantastic
4: and what I just found out is that Kenny Loggins wasn't supposed to do that song oh shit who was it? Toto good god <laughs> I'm very glad Toto no
1: offense to Toto Toto is a great music but Danger Zone
4: no <laughs> hells no they dropped out at the last minute Thank and god. Kenny Loggins got the call he's like yeah I'll go do it <laughs>
1: So he didn't write it.
4: No. Wow. He didn't write the lyrics or anything. No, uh, Marotta wrote it. He wrote the music. That's and then hard. apparently his like assistant, who had been doing mechanical work around his house, wrote the lyrics. <laughs> and the same thing for um uh Take My Breath Away.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah. This is a very
4: talented uh <laughs> mechanic or whatever it was. I think he went on to do more. Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, we're out and then we see, and then we have the takeoffs of the plane and mm-hmm. the credits, and it just it's a really good monster.
1: It really walks you into the vibe of the movie, man. Totally. It's very much about the Jets, it's very much about the I'm sorry the planes the fighter planes all of that and there's a respect for it from the beginning there's a respect for that for what they're doing and how many people are involved to make this work and so that I love
4: that and then just the shots just totally put you right in the and how powerful and dangerous and actually serious all this is to like really fun music about and it does that really well it balances Mm -hmm. that thing really well flying into the danger zone we got some Migs yeah and we got we got Cougar and Merlin and Maverick and Goose mm-hmm. going out to find these bogeys. Call signs, yeah, great call signs. <laughs> <laughs> All <laughs> through this movie, particularly Goose. Oh yeah, Goose is like perfect. <laughs> it's so, I mean, they're they're great. You're right. Yeah, I always forget that it's Tim Robbins. Yeah, um, who is he's, Merlin? He's Merlin. Yeah, one of the first breaks. Yeah. And I'd love, too, that we cut to the, the tower on the aircraft carrier, and we have, who I always think of, and it's rude, but I always think of as the poor man's Robert Duvall, is, uh, is James Tolkien. <laughs> James Tolkien is great. He's great, but yeah. doesn't he sound exactly, like, if you close your eyes, it it's like Robert Duvall. Right. What the
3: hell are they doing here? What's the position? Uh, 250 miles out, sir. 250 miles? Get him out of here.
1: If he had, a, if, he, if he was capable of a little more nuance or complexity to
4: his roles, he could give Robert Duval a run for his money. Yeah. Absolutely. And right away, Maverick is going to go head-to-head with one of the Migs. Yeah. Uh,
3: Cougar, I'm going to go head-to-head with him. Take it easy, Maverick. I don't like this shit.
4: Cocky kid, that Maverick. Yeah, and we find out, no, there are t- two Migs and... And, and, and we get into all this thing about a MiG-28. Nobody's been that close before. Right. And this stuff is filmed really, really well. Oh, yeah, man. It's amazing. It's incredible. And this is where, you know, Simpson and Bruckheimer said, no, we are not doing special effects. Yeah. We are, I mean, there are special effects in the movie, but we are going out with the real planes and really filming things. And these are, these are the most, maybe since... Um, Howard Hughes did wings. You know, yeah. This is the most impressive aerial combat we've seen. Well, and it's the reason the Navy said that their uh, enrollment spiked
1: after this movie because people saw this and were like, oh, I want to be part of these dog fights or part of this kind of stuff. And you know, not everyone gets to be a fighter pilot. So,
4: yeah. you know. And, 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 so, and, and something that's interesting, I was trying to think about, like, I wonder what I thought... Did I think they were going to fire on the MiGs when I first saw the movie? Well, were you aware of it? Because the Russian US
1: relationship at the time was, it's a Cold War. So were you mm-hmm. aware that they, if they fired on the MiGs?
4: I remember, I think I was. To some, I don't know if I was the first time I saw mm-hmm. it. I mm-hmm. certainly was many times I saw it. Right. But the other thing that's interesting, they actually don't say these are the Russians. No, they don't. We don't know who they but MiGs are. Migs are a Russian player. Right, but so, they sell yeah. them to other countries. That's true. It's a good point. They're, I mean, I think in and, and the symbols, there's a star, but right. it's not really the Russian symbol. Right. I think they're I think they're kind of pulling away from yeah, that yeah, yeah, a yeah. little bit. They're making it a um, situation. But he locks his little missile on him and says and the guy bugs out. Yeah. He Runs away. So we go, okay, we're gonna try to scare them. We're 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 kind of pushing up against the envelope, if you will. Yeah. To 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 scare them. And the and one of the other guys locks up on on Cougar. Yeah.
3: The mix in perfect firing position. He's right on Cougar's tail. No way, Goose. He'd have fired by now. He's just trying to piss us off.
4: So they go. Well, what what can we do? We can't actually shoot him. Right. So what are we what are we going to do? Maybe we'll scare him a little bit. Mm-hmm.
3: I can't shoot this son of a bitch. Let's see if we can have a little fun with him.
4: And this sequence is just great. <laughs> they fly up inverted, like pretty much canopy to canopy, yeah. and flip him off. And then Goose has brought a Polaroid camera along and snaps a couple of pictures.
3: Watch the birdie! Jeez, I crack myself
1: up. Well, this is what's great about the film, Steve, as we're about to see. It has a great mix of fun yeah. and then serious shit going on. Yeah. And it's fantastic in that way. I think that's why I like the film. It's not just a throwaway uh, film. It has... Some real definite, dramatic, emotional moments happening throughout. Because, yeah, it's funny to take the Polaroid and the and the MIG bugs out. But then right afterwards, what We're happens? Serious stuff. Yeah.
4: Yeah. I, by the way, I just have to say, and I'll probably say it four more times. Sure. Than the thing. I love Anthony Edwards. Oh, yeah. He steals every every moment that he has something to do. He is amazing. Yeah. Um, and he's really funny in this moment. They're so young, dude. They're oh, so young in this moment. Oh, my man. God. Everyone. Um. And Maverick says he's heading back. And Cougar, come on, let's go back. And Cougar's not responding. He's flipping out, man. It's a big flip out. Mm-hmm. And it's a panic attack in essence, right? It's, that's exactly what's going on. Yeah, looking and at the pictures of his wife and family and stuff. Yeah, and yeah, Merlin in the back, going, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta go. We're low on fuel." And Maverick comes up to the aircraft carrier. And by the way, we, you know, like this has been said before, but apparently, landing a plane on an aircraft carrier is one of the hardest things that humans have ever done. No surprise. Yeah. And and Maverick is about to land. And I love, by the way, that you know that, that they have to hook onto this cable. Mm-hmm. That's just amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And he is right down on the deck, about to land the plane, and then he hears Cougar's not coming back, yeah. and he aborts the landing and heads back. God damn it, Maverick! What are you doing, man? We've
3: got no fuel for this. We're going after Cougar.
4: And honestly, Goose in the back, he's not happy either. Right. Like we can't, we can't make it. Yeah, because those guys in the back of the planes are really at the
1: will of the pilots. Yep. You know, I don't know how, I, I've never flown in a fighter jet, but I don't know how much control the person in the back will have if the fighter, if the man in the front can't control the wheel or loses control or something happens to him, he gets shot or a heart attack or whatever, you know, I don't know. I
4: mean, I mean the way the movie is structured, it seems to say that they can do yeah. nothing. They can do nothing. right? Yeah. yeah. Um, because because Merlin in the back with Cougar isn't, That's he's true. just sitting there. Yeah. Uh, and Maverick flies back and he talks Cougar down. of hey,
3: you boys, seen an aircraft carrier around here? Man, if we got a little problem up here, that Mick really screwed him up. I don't think he can make it back. You're okay, Cougar. Just stay on my wing. I'll take you all the way in. Just
1: stay with me.
4: And it is a really tense, scary... I think it's a really well done scene.
1: It's a great character building moment too, Steve, right? Because we see the cockiness of Maverick mm-hmm. from the beginning, the smiling and the all this with Goose. But then we see that he actually does care. He's got a good heart. He oh, gets yeah. it. He guides Cougar down. When maybe Iceman, who we're going to meet soon, wouldn't. Nope. But you see that Maverick does because Maverick cares about this guy and knows,
4: like, they're brothers, you know? Not in real life, obviously, but they're brothers in this in this fight. But, by the way, the, the Navy guys, in seeing this landing, there's that really shaky POV mm-hmm. camera shot. They said, no way. <laughs> that plane is never landing on, a, on an aircraft carrier. Like that. Yeah, you know, no way. I mean, it's yeah. totally impossible. So Cougar goes to visit his CO and says, I'm out gives up his wings i got shook up and i think this is a really important plant too because Mm -hmm. it's something we're going to deal with later in the movie and this is you know this is that 80s structure like it's a very clear structure in this film and then maverick and goose get called in yeah and they have that great like this is a compliment slash dressing down what you did was brave that's not what you should have done you should have done was land your plane
3: you don't own that plane the taxpayers do Son, your ego is writing checks your body can't cash. You've been busted. You lost your qualifications as section leader three times. Put in hack twice by me.
4: With a history of high-speed passes over five air-controlled towers and one admiral's daughter. So this is the thing. I think one of my things with this movie now is that I'm a teacher now. Yeah. And I deal with arrogant students doing stupid (laughs) stuff all the time. Steve? Yeah. I'm still a cocky son of a bitch. And you're still the so, yeah, other cocky I, son of a bitch. I, I'm
1: still Maverick in my so mind. So
4: I'm the yeah. I'm the you know I'm Viper and the the guy who's and 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 Jester and those people going don't do th- I'm telling you not to do this yeah. and I'm Be- the one doing flybys because because when you look when you look at uh you know hundreds of students going through you yeah. actually I haven't seen a student actually die right but I have seen students movies fall completely apart because they didn't fucking listen to me yeah you know and so it's a so part of me is like going where when I watched it the first time I was Maverick right and now. I'm watching it, going, ah, oh, this fucking kid. <laughs> um, uh. In other areas, I'm I'm
1: that, but like with this movie, I always go back to being the cocky because that's when, like I said, when I was starting to feel myself at 15 for the first time, like who who I could be and all that kind of jazz. This where my inner inner cockiness came from was from watching movies like this they kind of like i gravitated to it because i felt that way you know and so yeah. you know it's nice to remember those days every
4: once in a while well, and that testosterone of youth sure and, and the thing is envelope pushing is really important in life yeah and people who push it so far and, and you have to push it and you don't know where the envelope breaks when you're pushing the envelope that's right. the key that's true Very and true. some people push it and push it and it doesn't break. And that was the greatest thing that ever happened to them, the greatest thing they ever did. And they're not aware of the other person who pushed it and the envelope broke and they died or got injured or their life was ruined by a thing, you know? And when you get old, (laughs) I mean, this is my theory of, you've heard my theory of why old people drive slow. No. Because when you're young, you j- death is not really possible. No. And it's so fun. You go, I can do this. Right. And you don't actually really know what you can do. And the only way to discover what you can do is by going driving fast. Exactly. When you get old, all the shit has happened to you or to your friends. You know, you know that no, you could slip on that, you know, that wet ground right there and break your hip, right? You could this could have you could lose all your money, you couldn't make the wrong investment, you could get the wrong job, you could be in the wrong city, all these terrible things can happen. And so you're gonna like, I'm not driving fast at all, right? Death is around every corner. (laughs) And but those people can't explain to the young people. And and of course, they're driving too slow. Right. You know, they're they're actually, there's some balance between being aggressive and not being aggressive. And of course, that's the balance that Maverick's trying to find through this movie. And where he's going to find that balance is at Top Gun because Cougar dropped out. Now he and Goose are going to go off to Top Gun.
3: I got to do something here. I I still can't believe it. I got to give you your dream shot. I'm going to send you up against the best. You two characters are going to Top Gun.
4: So this moment got them the the thing that they've always really wanted good luck gentlemen
3: thank you sir thank you
4: and and of course what music comes back danger zone
3: riding
4: that bike yep yeah Yeah, and this is those sexy tom cruise shots and it's so funny thinking about who tom cruise became yeah because Nobody stay, up, up to that point, would stay as the top, hot, young star mm-hmm. for more than three or four years. Right. And People forget Burt Reynolds in the late 70s, early 80s. He was the star. Biggest star in the world. Biggest star in the world. And then not. And then, poof. Sylvester Stallone was the biggest star in Yes. The world. And then not. And then not. Clint Eastwood is the biggest star in the world and then became who Clint Eastwood became. Right. Tom Cruise has not been the biggest star in the world consistently for the last 30 years. Sure. But... There's a good 22 years out of those 30 where he was, yeah. And he's about to go make a Maverick right now. Mm-hmm. And there's you know Mission Impossible, and like he's yeah he's still, he's still going. doing it, man. Still doing it. People still come to watch his movie. Yep. We go to our first briefing, and this is where we hear the origins of Top Gun, which is mm-hmm. we had a great uh, ratio of success in Korea, and it went down in Vietnam, and we realized people were too dependent on equipment. They didn't weren't trained in dogfighting, and that's what we're going to do now. Yeah. And who do we got talking to us about this? Tom Scared. Yeah. And Michael Ironside. Yeah, Michael Ironside. They're just both great. Viper and
1: Jester. Great call signs as well.
4: Um, And, you know, we kind of hear what this is going to be. We're going to have these different challenges. We have this competition. And who does Maverick start noticing in the room? (laughs) the Iceman. Val Kilmer. Yeah, Val Kilmer.
1: He's like on another planet in this movie. <laughs> Dude, and remember Val Kilmer's coming out of Top Secret? He's yep. coming out of Real Genius? Real Genius. Yep. He's not been the cocky, swaggery guy. And Willow is one year later. Oh, is so, it? So yeah, I think 87 is Willow or 88. So it's 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 a little bit after Top Gun. So he is himself mirroring the Tom Cruise ascent on a different way in right. a different way. And here he is as a perfect uh, foil for for Tom Cruise, and as we're talking about this, it was announced a couple of days ago that Val Kilmer is coming back to I do heard, Top
4: Gun I Two. I cannot effing wait! To and see I, you know, know from Man this, this era, I love Val Kilmer. Oh yeah, because I, I know you're not a big Real Genius fan. I not, loved Real Genius. I, I love Top Secret. Mm-hmm. Top Secret is great, and seeing this was just uh, amazing. Yep, he didn't want to do the movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, well, real quick, I want to say is
1: if you haven't seen the behind the scenes, this great documentary that is on the special edition of Top Gun. It is two and a half hours I documentary. Just, wa- just watched it. Yeah. Yeah. It's incredible. They interview just about everybody involved in the film and you hear some great stories from Val Kilmer. So
4: yeah. I'm sorry, Steve. Good. Yeah. One of which is that he showed up to his audition with a big black eye. Mm hmm. Um, and Tom Cruise and Val Kilmer—they're immediately sizing each other up. There's a, you can see in real life, you mean? No, no, on this, no, on this, no, in, in the, the film, okay. Yeah. No, in real life, they avoided each other. Yes, they didn't want to be around each other. Yep. Well, the other young pilots were partying like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, you know, you put a bunch of twenty-year-old good-looking actors in a hotel in San Diego. Yeah. The <laughs> Enough said. <laughs> and and of course, now we're talking about. We're all speculating about who's going to be the best. Yeah. And he asked. Tom Cruise, do you think your name's going to be on this plaque?
3: Yes, sir. That's pretty arrogant, considering the company you're right? in. Yes, sir. I like that in the pilot. Just remember, when it's over out there, we're all on the same team. Tell them in this school is about combat, there are no points for second place.
4: That is not true about Top Gun, <laughs> but is true <laughs> about the movie Top Gun.
1: Now, did you did, do you think in this moment that... Uh, Scarlet knows who P- uh, Mitchell is. Who, who, who that he flew with his dad? Oh sure, yeah. So
4: he's yeah, of course he knows. He's sizing him up as well. Yeah. Let's see, and this is yeah. something we didn't mention before, which is that there's something about Dad. Yeah. You know, there are issues with his name, and we don't quite know what it is, but that's getting planted. That there's something going on. Yes. Um. And we have a little moment where <laughs> Val makes a joke about the second place plaque is in the ladies' room, and then Goose cracks up. Oh, you kill me you really do again I'll my second i love anthony edwards he does and he even two, the, there's two o's in goose boys two o's so funny mm-hmm. off to the bar
1: yeah man we got our dress whites on did you notice it says animal night what does animal night mean i don't
4: know i don't know what that means maybe someone can enlighten us what i notice it this time I, it's funny i always thought this but didn't get it confirmed until i watched that documentary that yeah. you mentioned they wouldn't be in their dress whites <laughs> at don't a bar. At right. a bar, that's no. They'd be in their khakis. This is not the correct. Those are for formal ceremonies. You, man. Those are serious yeah. things. It's like yeah. But in many, you know, we should say, Top Gun accuracy is not number one. I don't care. Yeah. Right. I, I didn't think you would. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm saying I don't want it to be. I want it to be fun. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And there, we get some bet that that Tom Cruise has got to you know no have carnal knowledge no, on the knowledge. premises. That's Right. In that be a twenty dollar bet. Of a woman this time. <laughs> Which is funny. It's a more little banter with uh, Iceman and uh, Rick Rossovich's character, yeah. who is um, Slider. 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 Yep. Uh, and there's some, you know, some jokes. It's men stuff.
1: It's cocky young men's stuff, yep. right? It's dick yep. measuring, for lack of a better term. Literally, one of the jokes
4: is about dick measuring.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, like, they do all of that because that's what happens. When I was in the military at 19 years old, that's what we did. Sure. It's, it's all of that, that standard stuff in growing up.
4: And we get a little bit that uh, that Iceman knew Cougar. Yes. And already around the Cougar thing, there's a little mm-hmm. little bit of tension. Right. That's going to come up later. Well, and they're both kind of defending their separate relationships with Cougar. Yeah. Because Iceman says...
3: Sorry to hear about Cougar. He and I were like brothers in flight school. He was a good man. Still is a good man. Yeah, that's what I meant.
4: Well, and I think that Iceman thinks that what happened to Cougar is Maverick's fault. Yes. Because he knows Maverick's reputation. Right. Flyers talk, right. and he knows Maverick's reputation, yeah. And then we spot Kelly McGillis. Mm-hmm. She's come right off a of Witness. Oh, yeah. Um, which is a movie I love. I haven't yeah. seen it in a really long time, but it's I watched it. Still it still holds time. up, brother. Yeah, still I really bit. want to see it. Still um, And what does uh, Maverick suggest to Goose? Well, she's lost that love and feeling, man. Oh, I hate it when she does that. <laughs> By the way, I totally pulled
1: this stunt. Really? Really? In uh, Model UN... At Richmond, Virginia, oh in God. the mall Model there, UN. I remember because I love, brother, I love this movie. I and know so, I'm like Scott Mance about this movie. It's the greatest movie ever. So uh, I, I, there was a, something going on in the middle of the food court with mics and people were performing and it was like an open mic in the middle of a food court, random. So I talked to the guy and there was this cute girl who had had a thing like when you went to Model UNs, like you would spot the ones you were attracted to. And I then remember Model f- UN.
4: Yeah, and you find them. I, had a, the I had a I had a slow dance in Model UN with Brendley brockman whoa and i will never forget <laughs> but model un was the best it's not just a bunch of nerdy kids like talking <laughs> politics there are some cute cute girls who were in model un and I. Remember you heard it was... here first folks <laughs> model un not just for nerds it's a
1: target rich environment <laughs> let me tell you so um but there was a cute girl there and i remember it was a third night of the four night uh, conference we were doing or four-day conference we were doing and i I I convinced these people that I had that I could sing, but and I'm a terrible singer.
4: You're not a terrible singer. Oh, stop it!
1: I, I got I'm terrible. I got up there compared to everybody else. I know I'm really bad, and so I got up there and I I said, um, "Hey, everyone! I don't know if you know this, but that girl over there, she's lost that loving feeling." And then I just started singing it for like a minute. And then the girl like was like horrified. And did anyone join in with the platoon? Uh Yeah, a couple of people in the back were joined. Like a couple of the adults mm-hmm. joined in a little bit. But then I kind of got scared and then ran off because she didn't respond. Like I was hoping she'd be like, "Oh wow, this is amazing." Wow. Yeah, I used to do bold shit, man. For That's better amazing. Yeah, for that better or
4: worse, you know, I used to do bold stuff like that. I was never like, you know. By the way, I love there. the moment when they, they start, he says, yeah. excuse me, miss, and then I'll take care of this. And then I love that he turns his back, yeah. and then they have this move yeah. that I can't really describe. It's, it's a choreographed like, move. When it's choreographed. It's beautiful when Tom Cruise goes into it.
3: You never close your eyes anymore when I kiss your lips. There's no tenderness like before in your fingertips. You're trying hard not to show it, baby.
4: this scene so much. Mm. I think it is so funny. Yeah. And I love too that apparently everyone at Miramar knows what this thing <laughs> is because they all they don't just join in like a little bit. They oh, all no. go. This has gone on before. They're big Righteous Brothers fans, apparently. <laughs> well, yeah. who is it? The Righteous Brothers are amazing. Fair enough. Um and um it ends.
1: Hollywood takes over. Or Sundown takes over. Oh, black, right. The black guy, yeah, with the sunglasses. Yeah, the
4: black He's guy crazy. named Sundown. Isn't it Sundown? Yeah. Okay. Something about that name oh, doesn't stop. seem <laughs> <laughs> well, it is dark when the sun goes down. I know, that's not I, a negative. <laughs> sure. Um, he sits yeah. down. she yeah. says she loves the song and you know he introduces herself Charlotte Charlotte Blackwood, His name's yeah. Maverick. Your yeah. parents must have hated you. And he goes, no, I'm a pilot. it's a call sign. Um, or he says I'm sorry, he says he's a naval aviator. Naval aviator I should say that correctly. And she asks how, how many times he's done this? And the answer is twice. Oh, how'd you do?
3: Crashed and burned on the first one. It wasn't pretty. The second? I don't know. I'll tell you tomorrow, but it's looking good so far.
4: It is really cute. Yeah. And then this guy walks in to talk to her. Mm -hmm. That guy is
1: Peter Pettigrew. That's Viper. Oh, shit. Well, that makes sense. Viper always messing up his game. Viper's
4: always messing up Maverick's game. Yep. And uh, goes away, and man, he's crashing and burned again. Can I get a beer for this flame out? (laughs) Really great. Like, once again, right? They're always undercutting... This
1: is what's great about the film. Maverick is cocky, but he's always being undercut by things that are happening. As he should be. Right. Because so he's, he's an asshole. Well, yes, but he's never a full hero. Like, that's the thing that I really enjoy about the movie. He's not just... No, he is a like, flawed character. Yes, and I love Absolutely. It. And I Absolutely. No love question that. about it. Because he's on a journey. He's on his own journey as a young man, kind of maturing in this throughout this whole movie. And, and this woman is older than him. Yeah. And so he's not going to be able to pull his... Sophomoric moves on a woman of age
4: Like he can't On a mature woman, I would say Yes, he can Because it works perfectly Well, right.
1: it does eventually But not initially <laughs> It's not even
4: that eventually Not initially It's pretty soon <laughs> um, She She's going to stop t- it you. pretty soon Stop it, you um, she, and He does not like that she's with this older guy No Which, by the way, I don't think they're on a date No, no It does He it's, shows up with like they're a colleagues a, a, Yeah, their colleagues Yeah, yeah, yeah uh, She heads the ladies room but why are they there at animal night? I wonder <laughs> Why are they wearing their dress whites? That's well true, <laughs> That's fair <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot why there's a lot of why's in <laughs> yeah, they're here really they're a little bit weird yeah
1: you know what's strange steve and i i know watching this movie with a cinephile's mindset was so different was so oh, different yeah. i was forced to notice shit i wouldn't notice
4: before anyway there are a few things <laughs> but yeah. this is the thing i totally enjoyed watching oh yeah of course you know what's funny Literally. we had um our Q&A a few weeks ago oh yeah, yeah and one of the questions was what do you forgive in movies. Yeah. And this is one where it's like, this is a totally enjoyable movie. And there are things that don't quite work yeah. in my mind. I don't disagree. But that doesn't, you're you are not watching, we don't watch every movie for the perfectly tight whatever of script and plot and dialogue. And oh, sure. That's not why we're here for, mm-hmm. you know, we're here for guns and Tom Cruise and motorcycles and cool music. And that's why we're here. Fighter planes. And yeah. fighter planes. Um, So she heads off to the ladies room. He follows her into the ladies room that I've never done. So, but that's no. an interesting tactic. And her response is great. What do you want to do? Just drop down on the floor here. Or... <laughs> and he
1: What's, like... She is undercutting him the whole time. Oh, yeah. His, his young uh, machismo, his young bravado.
4: She is just cutting him off at the knees every single time. Yeah. And he keeps pushing it and mm-hmm. she's got to be at work. Mm-hmm. I love the, when she exit and she walks by goose, she says, uh, your friend was magnificent. <laughs> no 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 <laughs> and now we have our next briefing mm-hmm. this is full bruckheimer yeah oh yeah this is we're in a hangar mm-hmm. there's a huge american flag mm-hmm. the the lighting the everything about this is just this is we're gonna see this over and over again yeah and you eagle- go, to, go to armageddon go to yeah go to all these movies you're gonna see this kind of thing
1: and eagle eye viewers will notice adrian pasdar Right. Sitting right behind uh, Anthony Edwards, there in the lineup of uh,
4: students sitting there. So one of the one of the naval guys, you know, they they they're going to shoot, and he gets his you know his call sheet, mm. and he, he comes up right when they're starting to set up first thing in the morning. They're like, he goes, "What what are we doing here?" And they say, "They say, oh, we're setting up for the class the classroom briefing." He's like, "Yeah, but the, class, the classrooms right over there. <laughs> we have a classroom. It's right there." And they go, no, no. And he says, no, we would never. Why would we meet here? This is the middle of an airplane hangar. (laughs) Two things in, like, no, don't worry about it.
1: (laughs) You're getting paid.
4: (laughs) Well, and what was funny, too, because what Pettigrew said throughout is like, this is entirely wrong. It totally worked in the movie. I was wrong. Yeah. You know, and this scene looks awesome. It really does. Um, Realism, as much as I care about realism, is not that important. No. John, I can't tell you how excited I am about the Cinephile's new sponsor, an absolutely incredible game, Marvel Strike Force. Now, anyone who's listened to the show knows that I've been reading comic books since I was five years old. And this is like a comic book fan's dream come true. You can create a mobile squad and play as your favorite Marvel characters. I mean, everyone is there. The Punisher, Vision, Black Panther, Cap Thank you so much to Marvel Strike Force. We're very, very excited to have you sponsoring this episode.
0: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra low net carb goodies like rich flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.
4: They start talking about we have a civilian con- contractor. Codename is Charlie. She apparently has a degree in astrophysics which has nothing to do with anything having to do with fighter jets, but okay. What saying is she's a smart woman. Um, <laughs> apparently there was a huge debate about how much to make her up. when When Tony Scott first started costuming and doing makeup she was full sexy oh. and they came back from the studio and from simpson and Brookham. it's like you dressed her like a whore you're right and they then they debated of how sexy she should this civilian person coming into these right military world you know yeah. and and <laughs> there's some outfits she looks great yeah but there's some outfits where it's like wow <laughs> only if you think about it. Right. If you don't think about it, it's all great. But even the first
1: shot, though, she's wearing a, in the first, in the, in the club, She's wearing a polo and jeans and a, and a pullover sweater or a sweater yeah. with the... So it's not like a sexy outfit necessarily. It's very kind of a
4: mom outfit, to right. be honest with you. It's more the stuff so, that she's wearing with the leather jackets yes. and the, you know, where you kind of go like, what's With these clothes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. um And she comes in and she's immediately talking about
1: MiG-28s. And she's introduced in a very sexy way. You see oh, the, the legs. The, the stockings oh, the, yeah. with the seam on the, on the back of them and the tight skirt and the hair done and the glass, all of it, just very sexy.
4: And I love to, you know, it's like as soon as she starts walking in, we know what's going to happen. We know who this is going to be. And uh, she's talking about the MiGs and that they have problems in a 4G and, you know, and we can't really do that.
3: Yes, ma'am. The data on the MiG is inaccurate.
2: How's that, Lieutenant?
3: Well, I just happened to see a MiG-28. We. Sorry. We. Happened to see a MiG-28 do a 4G negative dive.
2: Where did you see this?
3: That's classified. It's what? It's classified. I could tell you, but then I'd have to kill you.
2: Lieutenant, I have top secret clearance. The Pentagon sees to it that I know more than you.
3: Well, ma'am, it doesn't seem so in this case, now, does it?
2: So, Lieutenant, where exactly were you?
3: Well, we started up on his six when he pulled through the clouds, and then I moved in above him.
2: Well, if you were directly above him, how could you see him?
3: Because I was inverted.
2: Bullshit.
4: Bullshit. The bullshit apparently is improvised. (laughs) Oh, not a surprise. Yeah. Of course, she has top secret clearance. So now this, again, this is weird. Yeah. She has top secret clearance. Does every other pilot in this area have top secret clearance? no I don't think so so how is she saying go ahead and tell me yeah well and this whole thing of I really Good logic I really need to know about what you know about this MIG for my career mm-hmm. which is a whole plot point it doesn't hold a whole lot of water it's like really like well then just a- ask him <laughs> which about which he it.
1: says you could have just asked me
4: yeah Yeah. and I love the um, the, the, the jokes between them are just, oh, are just great oh yeah
2: what were you doing there
3: communicating communicating keeping up foreign relations i was uh, you know giving him the bird you know the
2: finger yes i know the finger goose i'm I'm sorry i hate it when it does that
4: (laughs) again i love anthony edwards diplomatic relations (laughs) it's great it's really funny and it ends with her going you're the one Mm -hmm. yes ma'am that's a great moment right it is a great moment you're the one in more ways than one well and you know we cannot you know, we could have a whole extra little cinephiles Patreon discussion of Tom Cruise's smile. Oh yeah, dude. I mean, it is powerful. Yeah, that is a, it is a powerful and dangerous smile mm-hmm. because there's some, there's something not trustworthy about it, <laughs> and that is part of. Well, it, but it, that's part of the the gift. Oh, yeah. It's
1: 90% trustworthy, and that extra, that 10%, percent of like, I don't know, but it intrigues you.
4: I'd only give it 80% trustworthy. What? Yeah. How dare you? <laughs> well, I don't think I'm being offensive <laughs> in, in, in you're calculating my percentage of Tom Cruise's smile <laughs> trustworthiness. Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh, well, and it's like, that, that element of Tom Cruise, that is throughout his whole career, mm-hmm. is charming and charismatic and interesting and something- Dangerous about him. And cocky. And cocky. Having to learn a lesson. Yep. That is, you know, I mean, like, you know, he's a good actor, Mm -hmm. but he is Tom Cruise. Yep. Yep. There's this nice moment after where she asks him, Why didn't you tell me? What is she asking him right now? Yeah. Why didn't you tell me about the, like, in the bar? You think that she's asking, why did you not tell me about the top? Why didn't you tell a strange woman yeah. who you don't know has anything to do with fighter jets point. about the top secret encounter you had around, around a MiG 28? Yeah. When you were trying to seduce her to sleep with her? Well, she did say what she did, right? She did That's say good. she's a trainer, blah, blah, blah. Isn't she
1: say that when they have the meeting in the bathroom that she says, like, I'm a she instructor? She said to go to work.
4: Yeah, but he doesn't a, know that she's okay. an instructor
1: when okay. she walks right. in. Right, because when she walks in, he's like, oh, and then Andy, a uh, goose puts on his sunglasses yeah. to hide his face, right? Yeah. Okay, so, so yeah. A, the question it's of why question. did you tell me is it's like, a very good question. makes no sense. Right. Um, uh, but he says, would it have made any difference? Not in the ladies' room.
4: <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> because that's going to be your next line. It's like, I sing... Um uh you've lost that love and feeling. And then I tell you about my encounter with a MIG. By the way,
1: babe. I was
4: upside down with a MiG. 4G inverted dive. 4G inverted dive. Two Help. meters. <laughs> Goose has pictures. Yeah, right. Now um, can we have sex? <laughs> by the way, ev- anyone who's come to me with that story, I have had sex with Hey-oh. Yeah. There it is. Um, and then she says, I really want to know about this stuff. And he goes, You got security clearance, read about it. I love that. Yeah. That's how you flirt, man. Um they don't give it all away at once. Iceman is uh, waiting for him. Yeah.
3: Maverick. I'm curious. Who was covering Cougar while you were showboating with this mig? Cougar was doing just fine. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah, once again, the swagger, the yep. cockiness. Someone comes in to undercut him. Just when he's having a really good moment, someone's always coming in to undercut him. It's the secret of the movie.
4: Absolutely, there's no question about it. Mm-hmm. Well, because this is a movie about a person who has to learn a lesson. Yes, um, but absolutely. we connect to him too because we've been flawed. We know, oh, yeah. we have our flaws. We've made mistakes, and
1: we also have moments of like feeling uh, like you're king of the world, and then someone comes along. To, so we can relate to him. Yep. You know?
4: It's time for our first hop. Yeah, gentlemen, this
1: is your first hop. The jets you are flying against are smaller, faster, and more maneuverable, just like the enemy MIG. Clock is ticking, and as of now, we are keeping score.
4: I love all this stuff. Oh yeah, and Ironside's voice is so perfect. He's for great, this. and that's who they're flying against. They're flying against Jester. Yeah. Um. I love that they say, you know, we got this ten thousand foot deck, which means you're not supposed to go below ten thousand feet. Mm-hmm. Throughout the entire sequence, they're flying right over mountains, like you know. <laughs> Clearly, no doubt, da- and, and there's a technical reason for this, which is that the way they filmed a lot of it was they put a camera rig on the top of a mountain, so the planes had to fly right by oh, the mountains well. in order to be filmed. Makes there's sense. no stable camera rig you can put, yeah. you know, fifteen thousand feet up in the air <laughs> to do. And the other thing is that having the ground and mountains gives a sense of speed and danger, yes, and location and direction, mm-hmm. up, down, in and size. Yeah, and so, so, so we're not really paying attention to that. Yeah, and this is a great little dogfight. Oh yeah, two of them, trying to get to to uh, Jester, surprising him with a great brake move. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring it in close and slam on the brakes. He'll fly right by. That's one of the coolest moves in the in the thing. Yeah, um, those are great. And then he starts diving. I got
3: you now. Woo! Jester's dead. Woo-hoo! Jester's dead. Yeehaw!
1: Jester cheated too, though.
4: How did Jester cheat? Well, he, go, he went below the deck. They followed him below he, the deck. Well, this is what's interesting. This is what's a little vague about the movie. He yeah. says, I called. I said I lost him and called off the thing. Uh uh-huh. That's what he says when he's reporting to Viper mm. later on. Mm. But we didn't hear that. So I think you're right. I yeah. think Jester did cheat him. That bastard cheated. Yeah. Because Maverick is really, really good. Yes, he is. Yeah. And in fact, he's so good and he's so cocky. What does he want to do after defeating Jester? Wants to run a flyby on the tower. Yeah. That's right. I don't exactly know what a flyby – I don't – what do you need to know, Steve? Well, I don't understand why this – is this a thing? Is the buzz the tower, son? No, I understand what buzzing the tower is. (laughs) What I don't understand is when you call down for permission and say, hey, I request a flyby. Right. Do people request flybys? I don't know. I'm not a naval That's client. what I don't understand. Like, but what is this thing? I'm sure they do. What did Pettigrew say? Did you say anything about that? So what they did say is that nobody had ever buzzed the tower at Miramar. Oh. And all the pilots they were working with, because that's where they're really shooting. Yeah, They're yeah. shooting real top gun. Mm-hmm. They're shooting where they do it. All the pilots really wanted to be the person to do it. <laughs> and it's not Viper. It's one of the other guys whose right. name I don't remember that got to finally do it. And oh, it, was, cool. it was like a cool moment. I bet. And they call not- down and say, can we f- do a flyby? No, you cannot. Right. And Goose is saying... No,
3: no, ma'am. This is not a good idea. Sorry, Goose, but it's time to bust the tower.
4: I thought a lot about Goose's relationship to Maverick yeah. watching it this time. Okay. It just seemed... Because cause when I was a kid, it was they're brothers. Mm-hmm. They love each other. Goose is more conservative. He's bothered by right. some of the choices that Maverick makes. But he really, really loves him, and I still think he loves him. Yeah. But watching it this time, I was like, man, it's really a problem. <laughs> like this guy is a real problem for Goose. Oh yeah, well, right, because I mean, not even getting to the point where Goose dies. No, but
1: but this guy's a problem. But remember, these are young guys too, and yeah. Goose kind of idolizes Maverick because Maverick takes chances. The Goose doesn't. Yeah. And sometimes you have like my best friend Maurice is one of the most. I don't mean conservative politically. I mean conservative right. as a human being. He's a very, very devoted family man, religious Catholic guy, but he lives vicariously through my
4: adventures and my stories. I have that too, right? I mean, yeah, because I tend to be more conservative. Yes, and there are people who like I, you know, yeah, you know, my friend Jeff was more mm-hmm. like the maverick, and he would take me to places that I probably wouldn't have gone on my <laughs> you own know, without. you. but right. but was really happy that I'd been there. And there were also times where it was like, dude, yeah, like, let's. <laughs> This is a bad choice. <laughs> We're gonna die. Yeah, let's not do this. Yeah, but I think he admires, Ma- but he also feels sympathy for Maverick because of the stuff of with his
1: dad, and that, that's what keeps him connected. Because he knows Maverick's heart's in the right place, but he still, but he's got this like
4: he's got this desire to prove himself and push the boundaries. He loves him, but I will contend, and I don't know, but that there is a moment in this movie where he kind of wants to break up with him. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's uh, real yeah. close. It's right before um, the terrible thing. But, but right now, we buzz the tower. The guy spills coffee on himself. God damn it. Which is funny. Mm-hmm. We're back in the locker room. We're really celebrating because Jester's dead. We find out that Iceman won as well, mm-hmm. and now we start to hear like it was below the hard deck. You yeah. does not count, um, and he confronts Iceman. What's your problem? What's your problem, Kazansky?
2: What's your problem, Kazansky?
3: You're everyone's problem. That's because every time you go up in the air, you're unsafe. I don't like you because you're dangerous.
2: That's right, ice.
3: Man, I am dangerous.
2: That's right,
1: Ice Man. I am dangerous. And then that bite. <sighs> let's 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 talk. How can I say this correctly? I want to say this correctly.
4: There's homosexual overtones in this relation. Are you saying there's a homoerotic subtext in, in <laughs> Top Gun?
1: <laughs> yes. And Quentin, I thought of it before you did, so I, I'm glad you wrote a whole thesis paper so about it. So apparently,
4: Top Gun was on the cover of some. Uh gay, not porn magazine, but mm. like a really racy magazine yeah. is their pick of the year. Yeah. I mean, look, <laughs> this movie is what it is. There's, we haven't even gotten to the volleyball scene. There's before. homoerotic overtones. Just yeah. that thing where they're that close and he's like biting. It's there's he's trying lo- to castrate him. And there's a lot of guys sitting around in the locker room <laughs> in their towels and tidy whities, oh, yeah. hanging out in a way that I've never hung out in a locker room. Really? Oh. Well, you've never been in the military. That happens in yeah, the Yeah, okay. I've say, never been
1: in the military. Yeah, there's you know, when you come back from showers you're all in the barracks yeah. sitting around in the main area. Not I don't mean the main area of watching TV, I mean in your room. Right. On your bed in your in your towel.
4: Got to go talk to Viper. Yes. First thing we get is the guy from the tower yelling about uh the you know, about the coffee and getting more and then he walks out and he gets more coffee yes. spilled on him and his line again is I want some butts. I want some butts. Speaking of homerotic overtones, yeah, anyway, yeah. (laughs) And now we go in to meet with Viper, and they lay it out. The deck was 10,000 feet, Mm. and his explanation is I had him before the deck, then he went below, and I had the shot, so I took it.
3: You took it and broke a major rule of engagement. Then you broke another one with that uh, circus stunt flyby. (sighs) Lieutenant Mitchell, top gun rules of engagement exist for your safety and for that of your team. They are not flexible, nor am I. Either obey them or you are history. Is that clear? Yes, sir.
4: Again, this is where I go, I'm the teacher. I literally have student just last semester. Yeah. 17 years old, talented. Sure. And continually broke the rules of the school. I failed him on one assignment because he did stunts when you're not supposed to have stunts. You know, because it's against the rules, because people have died at film school. Yep. You know, and he said, your rules are keeping me from my art. And then... uh, Steve, your rules are keeping me from my art. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly what it is. Mr. (laughs) Morris. And then he started insulting the school. And like, he literally wrote me, I'm a filmmaker, not a film student. Ooh. This school is trying to keep me down. Yes. These are the things he's saying to me. You know, and he's 17 years old and, and it was so, and I spent all semester stressed out trying to help this guy, trying to go like, look, I'm just asking you to do this. Right. You do this and you can still pass the class, but you have to follow these rules and do this the right way. And he wouldn't do it and yeah. continue. And then he had, you know, he wanted to shoot things with people getting stabbed by knives. I'm like, no, we've been, you can't do this. This is your first semester. You can't do that till later. Right. Um. And, and, and so like watching this now, it's like, I'm Viper because I see that people are going to die. Yeah. You know, and that. And that the truth is, is that did Maverick go back and save Cougar? He did. Right. Could he just as well have killed him and Goose? Yes. Does they run out of flume? Flu? Fuel. Flew? Fuel? <laughs> and it's funny. It relates a lot to what we talked about in Armageddon with yeah. AJ. Yeah. Is that AJ's like, I know I can push it. I know I can push it. And the Bruckheimer people love faith in yourself oh yeah that is just a huge theme throughout a lot of their films is this idea of, of pushing the envelope and believing in yourself and doing the impossible mm-hmm. and it is totally dramatic and i totally get why it works in movies and it's not what i would have my students do <laughs> um we walk out what does goose say
3: really enjoyed that map thanks a lot holy shit maybe i could learn how to be a truck driver now have you had the number that truck driving school we saw on tv truck master i think it is I might
4: need that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I love Anthony Edwards. He's so good in this movie. He's so damn funny. And I would argue the movie doesn't work without him. It's I 100%. No way. the movie. I don't think because he is the heart of the film. Yep. If you take him out, then you just have this not terribly likable Maverick guy. Right. Because Goose loves Maverick. We can love Maverick. He humanizes him. Absolutely. Yep. Uh, we get a little moment though with jester and viper mm-hmm. and he asks the key question which is would you fly with him would would you go to war with this guy and i love that he says i don't
1: know yeah i just don't know and yeah. that should be where we're at in this movie he's, yep. he's the audience for us in that moment
4: absolutely later that night goose comes to talk to maverick great scene
3: you know when i first realized that going to top gun all i could think about was getting that trophy i gotta be straight with you man Right now, I just hope we graduate. I got a family to think about. I can't afford to blow this.
1: I guess that flyby wasn't such a big hit, huh? You think? Yeah. (laughs) think this wasn't? Yeah, but at least he's learning. Right? He's, he's, he's got to push the boundaries and learn. And I don't think he's learning right now. Well, in that I moment, really don't. I think he's not going to. He would never buzz again after that. Because what Goose says. Wait, he would to, never buzz again? I don't think he'd buzz again until. Well, when he does later in the movie, <laughs> there's a reason for it. But he wouldn't buzz again after this because of how it affected Goose. He loves Goose, too. And he's the only family... Go- uh, he's the only fam- Goose is the only family that he has because his mom's dead, his dad is dead, which we find out a little bit later. But his d- mom is dead as well. So Goose, I think, is the only family he has. And so when he says that to him, he's like, I've got a family of things to think about. I think that's when Maverick goes, you're right, I'm, I'm, I'm just stupid. It was stupid. You know, and he knows. He's a young guy. He knows.
4: Well, i want to separate two things out. And the first thing is... Everything you said is exactly right. right. That is how he feels. Because is that important to him? He does think like, yeah, you're right. That was stupid. Right. I don't think he has learned a lesson yet. Because I don't think this is going to make him change. He's. I think... No. I'm not saying he's going to buzz the tower again. Right, right, right But we're right. going to see more behavior from yes, him throughout. Of course. Is that Because when he says, uh, you're the only family I've got. I'm not going to let you down. I promise you. Yeah. That's not true. He is going to let him down. <laughs> because he hasn't learned his lesson yet. Well... And, and and by the way, that's not a. I'm not yeah, yeah, criticizing yeah, yeah. the movie. No, no, no. Is that how many times have you had a friend who did a thing, yeah. and you went, finally went to them, and went, dude, you did this thing, the you know, yeah, you hurt me or you or you hurt yourself or you made this mistake, and the friend goes, man, you're right, you're right, it's never gonna happen again. That's true. And how often does that friend actually have it never happen again? Yeah. I mean, we we it's hard for us to change. That's true. Even intellect. I mean, and I'm talking about myself. I mean, intellectually acknowledging, oh, you did that thing again. Yeah. I mean, how many times have you had the thought, oh, I did that thing again? Yeah. Sure. Man, I remember. So like, procrastination was was always a thing with me. Not as much now. Yeah. But I remember this time trying to write my first play, and I was wandering around the streets of Walnut Creek, and I suddenly went shit. I blew the whole day. You know, like I I was supposed to, this was my day to write and I didn't write. And I remember 20 years later, that was when I was 18, 19, 20 years later, I'm in my thirties and I went, man. I, I blew the whole day, and I remember, and then I could picture myself exactly where I was in Walnut Creek at 19 when I had had that thought, right. and I went, "Fuck, I did it again." <laughs> I haven't changed. Well, no, well, it's not that you haven't changed, and I have changed, of right? Course. I have changed. It's I, a progression. I mean, the guy that prepares for the episodes that we do the way I prepare, I didn't prepare for anything when I was 18. Gotcha. You know, I mean, that I have totally changed, right? But I'm still the same. Yes, you know. Oh, and yeah, and he says, and but the thing is, he says, "I promise you," and then that smile. Yeah. That, I'm not going to debate the percentages with you, that smile that's not 100% trustworthy. The killer smile. Um. Now we're doing some, some, I guess, paperwork and reviewing our maneuvers. Mm-hmm. And uh, Kelly McGillis is kind of discussing a particular maneuver with you. And I think that what you did is too aggressive.
3: Too aggressive. Yeah, I guess when I see something, I go right after it.
4: Um. And then he confronts her. You didn't tell me who you were. Right. To which he responds, you deserved it, which I completely agree. Yeah. He did deserve it. Um, and, But he's like, no, you were tempted to ask me to dinner. Yeah. No, I don't date students. And, of course, Slider is, you know, overhearing all of this. Even though his headphone's on. Yeah. <laughs> dirty bastard. Um. Well, when you, I mean, have you ever had something weird going on and you turned your head, headphones down? Of course. I've been like at a Starbucks or something and like just listening to my book and then I see, oh, well, something interesting at the next table. What's, yeah. what's happening over there? Yeah.
1: When I was working at Universal, we're all in that uh, break room. Oh, sure. I would turn my headphones down when stuff was going down between people and just to hear what was happening. They never had any clue because I just kept my eyes closed all the time, but I was listening. Uh- <laughs> I'm always listening, brother. Wait, really? That's a military thing. I'm
4: always listening, whatever room I'm in. Um. I'm gonna just walk right by that. Um, <laughs> I love his little. He gestures her closer. If the government trusts me, then maybe you could, right? <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad person. <laughs> yeah. uh, her response is it takes a lot more than fancy flying. And at the moment that she's doing that, she's writing down her address for mm-hmm. dinner. <laughs> yeah, that she's gonna cook. Yeah. Well, and this is where you said like how much it takes to break down her defenses? Mm-hmm. Not much.
1: Well. This is also weeks after that first encounter, so it's been building through this whole time. Hey, okay. yeah, okay. I mean, they, they weren't flying through hops the next day. I mean, it's like sure. it takes time to build everything and set it up. So this has been going on for a little bit. But the crux of this, Steve, is why is she willing to risk her career to like start a thing with a student?
4: Uh, because it's Tom Cruise. Yeah, I mean that. You know, it's like the because what's weird about this movie, and this is why the. Tony Scott dressing her up in super sexy ways and then how sexy she's gonna yeah. be is this weird. I'm not saying it's Denise Richards in that Bond movie where she's <laughs> supposed to be a but there's this weird sort of we want her to be a serious right. scientific, you know, advisor. And yet at the same time, we're gonna dress her really sexy and we're gonna basically have her not be that professional at all and just be really into this young pilot. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it, it it is what it is. But I mean, it doesn't, but I don't think she ever
1: loses her her credibility in that way like she's yeah she has a relationship with him but when she's like talking about the stuff she's talking about she's very knowledgeable i agree i she agree. exudes intelligence and well, and i like and kelly mcgillis a lot
4: yeah me too i mean she had a you know not much of a career no. really she's
1: very self-composed but not of his career on film yeah she's very established in the shakespeare community mm. in dc oh, and really? numerous places yes oh, she's very well established in shakespeare what's your favorite sport yeah. <laughs> volleyball baby <laughs> let's go okay i it. I love volleyball. Without my shirt on, apparently.
4: <laughs> Maybe oil you up a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little is going on there. Some posing. <laughs> Anthony Edwards has his shirt on. You're right, he does. You know why? Because he's married. <laughs> yes, because he's married. <laughs> he's and he doesn't guy. have to pose for he the other men. To show, he's already settled in. <laughs> he's got some bodies. There's so, so much macho ness going on in this scene. <laughs> he has a child. <laughs> um and uh and and we Oh. oh, and one more thing I should say. Yeah, uh, the song is Kenny Loggins yeah. again, playing with the boys. Playing with the
1: boys. <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> Enough said. See, by the way, here's how they did the music. Some of the so we've talked about uh, how some of the music got made. Yeah, is apparently they went. We need some great songs, so they basically did a cattle call with musicians, and they did screenings where they invited. 200 musicians to watch the movie and say come up with songs for this and kenny loggins went you know what i'm not going to try to do a big love theme i'm not going to do an action scene i'm going to try to score the volleyball scene and that is why he wrote playing with the boys wow and it's because of playing with the boys that they called him when toto dropped out to do danger zone there we go so so he used the uh beautiful mind don't go for the number one slot too much competition go for one of the smaller ones and that worked for him we win the game. I think it's we're ready to, to finally have the championship, but Maverick's got to go. Yeah, because it said 5.30 p.m. sharp. Yep. He's late. He's late. Motorcycle ride off to the date, and we hear Take My Breath Away. Great song, man. It is. Berlin. Berlin. Also written by Giorgio M- really? Mordor and his assistant guy. Yeah. And they had a competition between uh, um, Berlin and some other artists to see who would do it, and Berlin won. Ooh, maybe it was Missing Persons or something. I don't know who it mm-hmm. was. Um, And this was a huge song for them. Yeah, man. Huge. Um, Also won the Oscar.
1: They still perform it.
4: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And knocks on the door, no answer. Jumps over the fence and finds her uh, around back, apologizes for being late.
1: No apologies. And then that cocky son of a bitch tries to take a shower, which would delay dinner
4: longer. And she's like, oh, no, 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 no. We're eating. Well, and it's, it's also like, Coming to what may or may not be a date and ask, there's something very intimate about can I go get naked in your shower right, right. now. That is like aggressive.
1: But there's also something disrespectful about showing up to the date
4: sweaty, sweating from volleyball. Yeah, yeah oh, absolutely. The whole thing is disrespectful. Yeah, um, uh, But we have a nice meal. And and, and she kind of tries to play the, well, why don't you tell, just tell them why you're here? It's because of the MIG. I need a right. promotion. I need to hear a story, which doesn't hold a whole lot. Now, my question is is, is it that the character's story is bullshit because she really wants to have sex with a guy or is it that the script thought this was a good story but I don't really think it is? I think it's like humans.
1: It's complex. It's more. Okay. like She has to get this information or she wants to get this information from him but she also is attracted to him yep. because she sees more than just the cockiness. There's something beneath the cockiness. Especially when they're having the conversations about the MIG. He, he's The way he speaks about it he's aware of it and he understands what happened. So there's a certain level of young
4: intelligence there that she likes. And so at least that's what I like interpret. I wish say. there was a moment where we really saw more of a connection because we, or, or saw some other side of it. Well, no, before this is what I'm saying before this is that before she writes him the note. Oh, because right. I just don't feel like there's been enough for her to... She's seen the arrogant, cocky guy. Yeah, 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 And I wish you say she sees this other side of him, mm-hmm. but I haven't seen her see the other side of him. I wish there was some moment... Okay. Or maybe it's just that he's just the best damn pilot, you know, but mm-hmm. something else to make her... I feel that the writing the note isn't earned okay. as much as it should be. Fair enough. But this scene about dinner, particularly when Doc of the Bay comes on, which yeah. is one of my all-time favorite songs. It's a great song. Um, and you, now you do see it. I think you do see he's talking about his mom right. and how much he loved this song, and then she died, and then dad died right after that. Yeah.
3: He disappeared in an F4, November 5th, 1965. The stink of it was he screwed up. No way. My old man was a great
1: fighter pilot. It's a great moment, Steve, because of the way it's framed, too. If we can take a moment. Like, she's lying on the couch, and they're both looking away from each other. They're looking yeah. at something, right? And he's lost in his thought process. And so I, it occurred to me this time, once again, watching it as a cinephile, like, well, if his mom died and his dad died young, yeah, who raised him?
4: Well, because if, they died in, if dad died in 65,
1: yeah. and this and is mom died shortly
4: after. Well, well, and also this is where. So sometimes in movies you have to do math. Yeah, you do. And I don't think they did it because if Dad died in sixty five, was it sixty five or was it seventy five? Sixty five. Okay, that's what it's. I, I, I. I mean, that's what's in my notes. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna go with that because you're a great researcher. Um, I think it's sixty five. Okay, and this is eighty five. So Dad died twenty years ago. How, how old is Tom Cruise supposed to be here? Right, twenty five. No, because that picture of him with his dad, he looks like he's eight years old. Yeah. So this doesn't. This doesn't. This doesn't quite make a lot of sense. So, who raised them? I just wonder who raised them. Yeah, his grandparents, maybe. Ah, oh, that's a good question. Hmm. Um, and and then and then we kind of get into like the somebody must know the mystery about that. Yeah, and then that, then she says something which is so intense. Mm-hmm.
2: Is that why you're always second best at that? Oof,
4: you are direct, aren't you? Yeah. I don't know, like I don't know that we've ever seen him be what does that mean to always be second best up there? Well, she's second he's been second best to Iceman since the beginning. I guess so. she's saying that.
1: You take chances that you shouldn't take, you push boundaries that you shouldn't push. That's why you're second best up there because you're
4: trying to prove something. You're yeah. trying to not do what everyone else is doing. It's a good line. Mm-hmm. It's a good line. And then he kind of says, I'm sorry I was late. She says, I'm sorry for being direct. And again, no apologies. This is going to be complicated. Yeah, man. So they've already sort of said this is going to go on. And he gets up. She says, where are you going? I'm going to take a shower. Yeah. I think when I first saw it, I thought he was going to go take a shower in her place so they can have sex. No, no, no. That is not what's happening. Mm-hmm. He is leaving. Which, by the way, that is a good move. Yes, it is. Yeah. Always leaving wanting more. And then he gives her the smile. Yeah, man. And thank you. I enjoyed being here. Um, Great thing to say. By the way, all this discussion of a MiG-28... There's no such thing as a MiG-29. <laughs> there's a MiG-29. Yes. There's a bunch of different MiGs, but there's no mig 29. It's <laughs> their way out of it. It's their way out of it, yeah. So we're at an elevator. Mm-hmm. Here's an interesting thing. Yeah. They did screenings for this film, as you do with big Hollywood mm-hmm. movies, and they get responses. And one of the responses they got, very late in the process. This is like you know a week or two, a week before the movie's got to get distributed. Yeah. Not enough romance, not enough sex. Whoa. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they say, shit, they're right. At this point, Kelly McGillis has cut her hair short, and Tom Cruise is off in Chicago making color of money with Martin Scorsese. Oh, wow. So they say, we need to shoot some more stuff. So they call up Martin Scorsese and say, can we borrow Tom Cruise for a day, like a Sunday on the weekend? Yeah. he says, okay. Of course, Tom Cruise's hair is completely different. Yeah. And so they shoot. They go to do one shoot in the elevator. That's why Kelly McGillis is wearing a hat because her, her hair is cut short. That's why Tom Cruise's hair is kind of slicked back. Yeah. He has color of money hair right. now, not the military hair. <laughs> so they do this scene in the elevator and they're going to do one other scene too, which we'll get to in a minute. It's a cute scene, man. It is a cute scene. A flirty, cute scene. Very cute. Fl- and it's it's because it's, it's, it's clearly, it felt like in the previous scene, we didn't cement yeah. the romance. And in this scene, they do.
2: I'm going to be honest with you. Your MIG sighting is really important to my work, but um, I don't normally invite students to my house. I've dated my
1: boss. Mm -hmm. And you have these moments where you're hiding. There's a certain level of like excitement in the danger of what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And you see that. When the guy comes in the elevator. Yeah. yeah. And you see that. And he can sense it. Yep he can sense that he's come in the middle of something and they're having this back and forth between them. This illicit for lack flirtiness, of a better term. Yeah. yeah flirtiness. Yeah. So, you know, I've had a past. It's fun. Anyway. Yeah. So
4: <laughs> you've had a past <laughs> Meg Ryan. Oh, she yeah. She steals every moment. Like the, the, you understand why when Harry met Sally came from there. Yep. She is so adorable. She arrives at the airport. There's just this, she's just immediately telling all of the secrets. Cause goose has told her everything. Right. Um, uh it's great. Now we're sort of it's not reviewing flight tape, but it's reviewing these sort of icons of what happened. And mm-hmm. the, the discussion is at this point you're in a bad position. It's better to retire and save your airplane than push a bad position. Right. And there's a debate about how aggressive you should be. She, um, and she is doing her job. I totally agree. Yeah. But
1: she's a little sharp on the delivery. Yeah. Because she unnecessarily embarrasses him. Because she says,
2: Well, that's a big gamble with a thirty million dollar plane, Lieutenant unfortunately the gamble worked the mig never got a clean shot maverick makes an aggressive vertical move here comes over the top and he defeats the bandit with a missile shot the encounter was a victory but i think that we've shown it as an example of what not to do
4: and it was embarrassing well and this is the thing you know do you play the percentages right or do you play the gut you know and he in maverick is a play the gut guy yes um and the military wants you to play the percentages and there's that great line in Lawrence of Arabia where um, general uh, allenby says or, or Lawrence's defense is, shouldn't an officer serving in the field uh, use his initiative at all time? And Allenby says, not really, really Lawrence. It's very dangerous. <laughs> it's very dangerous. <laughs> and and, right. and that's the old man versus the young man. It's like, I look and see, here are 10 people that use their initiative and three times it worked great. Yeah. And three times, eh, not so good. And four times it was a fucking disaster. Yeah. And you don't know which one it's, you always think that you're going to be the one that look, works great. Right. But not necessarily. I argue that a ten, nine times out of 10, it's a disaster. <laughs> And that one time it works. Yeah. But the one time it worked, people, those are the movie stars and heroes. Right. And we tell all the big stories about them, and then we, we have more people imitating those people. Yes. Um and of course, one of the other pilots says
3: Gutsiest move I ever saw, man.
1: Gutsiest move I ever saw, man. Yeah. I love that because Goose himself is embarrassed for for Maverick. Yeah. You can yeah. see it in his eyes. Like, oh, oh yeah. shit, he doesn't
4: She's oh, not going to handle this work. Yeah. He's not gonna, yep. getting dressed Goose now. Goose knows. She chases after him outside. She he does. hops on his bike, won't I even love, talk to her. Love that. I've had those moments. Sure. Don't embarrass me, man. <laughs> of course, she jumps in her little Porsche, <laughs> yeah. tears off after him. I love it. He does that jump off of the thing, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And then she almost causes an accident catches up to her.
3: Jesus Christ!
2: And you think I'm reckless? When I fly, I'll have you know that my crew and my plane come first. Well, I'm going to finish my sentence, Lieutenant. My review of your flight performance was right on. Is that right? That is right. But I held something back. I see some real genius in your flying Maverick, but I can't say that in there. I was afraid that everyone in that tax trailer would see right through me. And I just don't want anyone to know that I've fallen for you.
1: They kiss. This is why I used to with the, with the manager I dated. This is the fight I used to have with her because she would purposely not talk to me in the in the break room uh, too much. She purposely wouldn't like have exchange us, she would have with other people, and we would fight about this all the time because I'd be like, "Why are you laughing with all these other?" And you won't come laugh with me. And she's like, "Because I don't want people to suspect." what's happening between us yeah so i was very it's like it's a it's very relatable well, thing man yeah i, I can yeah. understand that I, but i like she says i'll have you know my blah,", blah, blah. and <laughs> she goes i'm gonna finish my sentence and then what she says to him though is i, I and i struck me as a cinephile I was like wow she's in love with him already oh no that's that i mean
4: we were pre- pretty clear <laughs> that struck me when she said i've fallen for you i was like God, that's fast well, and okay. it's because they haven't had, that's what I mean. It's like, I yeah. wish it was earned a little bit more. I wish yeah. there was a couple of other moments. Yeah. I mean, we had, and that's why they added the elevator scene clearly. Fair. Fair. And now we're going to jump into a sex scene, which is the other scene they mm. shot on the day. Same day they shot the elevator scene. They shot this sex scene. She's in a wig. They had time to set like one or two lights up. Yeah. And it's a, and they have your nice little 80s sex scene. It's all in silhouette and blue, which I enjoy. <laughs> sure. That's how I set up all my sex scenes. <laughs> yeah. right. Um, and next morning, she finds a paper airplane with a, you know. Yeah. It's cute. Back on the flight deck. Ice apparently has won another one. Yep. I feel the need. The need for speed.
2: I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow!
4: This is Hop 19. We got multiple aircrafts, multiple bogeys. Um, Iceman and Maverick are two points behind. And now we find out Viper is up there. Yeah. Yeah. Viper. Oh, shit. And I love that. Oh, he's probably saying, "Holy shit! It's Maverick and Goose." Sure, I'm sure he is. I'm sure, he is. <laughs> and what does Maverick want more than anything? He wants to take out Viper. Yeah, that becomes his obsession mm-hmm. at that moment. He's supposed to stay on Hollywood because he's his wingman, yeah. and Hollywood is after Jester, and and Maverick wants to go after Viper. Goose,
3: find Viper. He's out there somewhere. Stay with Hollywood, Mav. We're covering his wing. Goose, there's Viper, three o'clock low. Stay
4: with Hollywood, Mav, we're his cover. Don't you leave me, Maverick. And he just kind of goes... Hollywood, you're looking good. I'm going after Viper. And he leaves his wingman. Yep. And what's Goose doing in the back? He's saying, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. And this is why I say in that previous scene, yes, Maverick was sincere when he mm-hmm. said, I promise I will never let you down it again. And now he is letting him down again, mm-hmm. very clearly. Mm-hmm. There, there, it is very clear what he's supposed to do. It's very clear that Goose is saying, "Don't leave your wingman." Of course, right. he does it, because right. um, he wants to go head to head with Viper. <laughs> um, Steve, we're men, and we feel the need to prove ourselves when we're young. Sure, and some when we're old. Yeah, sometimes when we're old. But finding balance, well, and having you know, Goose is his whole life, his whole family, his yeah. best friend in the world, and the dude, and. In, in, N- not being aware that you are fucking this dude up yep. right now. It sucks. Yeah. And But we have a good gunfight, and he's too close for missiles. He's switching to guns. He's about to get Viper. Viper's clearly impressed yeah. with how good Maverick is, and what happens right before he has Viper? Hold it. Go check our tail. Shit, there's Chester go Maverick's dead. You're out of there, kid, cuz Jester took out Hollywood and now came to get him. <laughs> I love I love Goose's line. The Defense Department regrets to inform you that your sons are dead because they were stupid. It's nice that he says because they were stupid. Sure. Cuz in fact, it's only Maverick that was stupid. Well, okay. I mean, what goose, goose said? Don't do this! Don't do this! Don't goose, do this! Goose said a little. Goose could
1: have said a little hard. It could have fought. A little sure. harder. But absolutely, he didn't. He didn't. <laughs> absolutely. But goose is one of those guys that takes. He strikes as one of those guys that takes it on. Oh takes yeah. the guilt I on, totally agree. Think? That yeah, is who yeah, he is.
4: Yeah. He is. He's. He's the mother goose. Yeah, he's the mother goose. He's taking in all the pain of this poor kid that he's taking care of in a lot of ways and bringing all the stability to his life and dealing with the shit for yep. this person being irresponsible. Right. So here's something really interesting that I found out. Okay. So they shot all this navy stuff, and and by the way, we should say that when they, when they're shooting these um, battles, this is real military planning, yeah. Because you have to have the exact they they the navy pilot said they had the exact same meetings they would have had for real operations oh, wow. because there's all sorts of maneuvers they have to do. They have to worry about launch times and fuel depletion and you know angles and how far away they are and map everything out. It was t- treated extremely seriously and they went and they shot all this cool stuff and they get in the editing room and it's not working yeah and tony scott says just follow all my storyboards. And the and then it'll explain everything that's supposed to happen. And the editors say, we didn't have any. He kept saying these storyboards things. I don't remember any storyboards. <laughs> so then Tony Scott comes in, and they edit together on this stuff for a couple of months. Yeah. And then they show the movie to Simpson and Bruckheimer, and they just go, we have no idea what's going on. This doesn't make any sense at all. Oh, shit. And they tore it all apart. And what they did was they reconstructed The whole – none of these scenes really had plots. All this of like I was Hollywood's wingman and I went off him and I went after – that's not in the script and they didn't shoot that. That's all constructed from they just had a bunch of shots of planes and they said they used every single good shot they had. And the saving grace of this – so by the way, one of the things they did was they took all the main people, Tom Cruise and Anthony Edwards and everyone up in these – fighter planes and had cameras mounted inside the cockpit to film them so they have real footage. They used none of it because Mm -hmm. it's it's so much vibration. The angles are bad. It just doesn't look that good. You can't see their faces. And these guys are green and sometimes throwing up. So we didn't use that. So everything that you see of them, they're actually in a, a soundstage. Mm. They're in a cockpit, a cutout, cutout cockpit with rear projection behind them, front projection in front of them. The front projection is so that there's a reflection on the glass right. of their uh, their helmets and stuff to make it look real. The camera's on a gimbal, and in fact, the camera is moving in full circles much more than they're moving. Right? They're not moving that much at all, and they shot in there for weeks. And the big advantage was was that they're wearing masks, which means that you could change their dialogue into anything they oh. wanted. Of course. So all the dialogue was recorded at the very end when they had finally figured out what all these plots, how what these battles were. So it was all figured out in post, entirely figured out with post. That's great. And and that becomes the structure of the movie. And this is where you know, and it's funny. One of the guys in the documentary, this one you were talking about, said yeah. the same thing I've said is that the problem with the best editing Oscar is you just can't. Nobody would know that, right? From watching the movie, it would That's just true. seem like, well, this is great, and not that, oh, the editors actually wrote the, the this whole thing and created it all. Yeah, and they created one more big thing that we'll get to uh near the end um but so these guys are dead because they're stupid we're back in the locker room and jester comes in i love his line
2: that was some of the best
3: flying i've seen yet right up to the part where you got killed you never never leave your wingman
4: your wingman yeah this is very important for the film not just in the planes oh absolutely in life and there's iceman
3: it's not your flying it's your attitude the enemy's dangerous, but right now you're worse than the enemy. You're dangerous and foolish. You may not like the guys flying with you. They may not like you. But whose side are you on?
1: Well, and here's the moment when I was watching the movie, Steve, where I was like, damn it. For the first time in 30 years that I've been watching this movie, Iceman is right every single time. Of course time. he is. He is absolutely he's just as cocky as maverick but he's cocky within the rules he yep. understands what the right way to fly is he doesn't come what you would sense from a broken home he comes from a home where he probably got everything he wanted and he wanted to be a pilot as well and he became that so he's very cocky in that he's like an 80s kind of cocky guy even though he's portrayed as the villain of the piece he's actually right the whole damn time through the whole movie and in that moment is when it struck me
4: for the first time in thirty years, oh yeah, how absolutely right Iceman is. Well, because Iceman and Iceman is playing the percentages. Yeah. You know, and he it's not that he's not a great pilot. Nope. It's that and this is the and this is the thing. It's the thing with my student is that mm. are all rules all just all the time? Are there time to bend them? Absolutely. Right. But the rules are there for a reason, you know? Yep. Is that you need to understand them. You know, it's like that Bruce Lee quote of study everything, take what is useful, discard the rest. Mm-hmm. Well, you got to study everything. right? Understand why they've done it this way. And, and you know, because the big thing is to win the big match. Mm-hmm. It's not about winning your individual, this individual moment. It's about right. winning the game, right. the whole thing. You have to understand the rules so that you know when to bend them. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and and Tom Cruise is, takes it in. That was stupid. I know better than that. It'll never happen again. And Goose says, I know. I know. <laughs> Has he learned his lesson now? No. But, I don't think so
1: either. And that's why Goose says, I know, and says it a second time, because
4: he needs Maverick to believe it, even though he may not believe well, it. Well, and here's the thing. Again, I go back to, have you ever had a conversation with a friend who's yeah. repeatedly doing the same thing, and they say, okay, man, that's it. I'm never doing it again. Right. And you don't really believe them, but you're not... I mean, to say dude fuck you you don't it's not really exhausting you're not not gonna do it. you go right okay man good all right i know i know Uh, because i think i think anthony edwards seems actually fairly defeated at that moment like i think he's i don't think he's going oh good mavericks learned his lesson Mm -hmm. i think he's going man this guy's never going to learn his lesson this is not it might take something really bad yeah (laughs) um uh, he's in bed. He looks at a picture of his dad, and then we're at some bar. Anthony Edwards is singing "Great Balls of Fire" with his mm-hmm. kid up on the piano. Um, yeah, Meg Ryan has arrived. Meg Ryan, great is there. introduction. Yep, she's she's talking to Kelly McGillis. Mm-hmm. And apparently, she knows now about the admiral's daughter and all these other <laughs> secrets about Maverick. Yeah. Maverick goes off to to sing "Great Balls of Fire" with. Mm-hmm. I like this connection to sixties. Yeah. Late fifties, early sixties uh, music. Well, oldies stations were popping up around this time. Sure, this is what I was listening to in the eighties. Yep. I love that music. Yep. Um, and then we have this moment alone with Kelly McGillis and Meg Ryan, where, where it's like, where she says,
2: "There are hearts breaking wide open all over the world tonight. Why?
0: Because unless you are a fool, a boy is off the market. He is one hundred percent prime time in love with you."
4: And then the next one of the most quoted lines of the movie is,
0: "Hey, goose, you big stud! That's me, honey. Take me to bed or lose me forever. Show me the way home, buddy."
4: You gotta love him. I mean, oh, mean Come yeah, in and steal a movie course. like they—they they, like Anthony Edwards. It literally, I love him every single moment he's on the screen. Yep. Meg Ryan has eight lines. Eight lines. Totally steals everyone. She announces herself as a as a yep. force in this movie. Yep. Uh, he takes uh, Kelly McGillis home on the motorcycle. Which is great. Yep. Balls of fire still playing. Yep. And she says, you big stud, take me <laughs> to bed or lose me forever.
1: By the way, if this is going to be difficult, why are we doing this in public places? <laughs> right? Because this is what struck me again. Watching it as a cinephile, I'm like, Wait. Yes. I'm glad
4: you're bringing this up because this is, yes, of course. Because I love this movie to pieces, but I'm still willing to objectively look at it and analyze no, it. No, so, this relationship does not make a lot of sense. Yeah,
1: well, I mean, the, the, well, the relationship, maybe, but the way they're trying to hide it, No, though, they, there's they, they no they really evidence don't try of them to it. hiding it at yeah. all. Just because they're not having sex um, in the middle of the squ- classroom does not mean they're not, you know, they're, they're technically hiding it by having it in all public places.
4: We're almost at graduation. Yeah. The trophy is still up for grabs. Mm-hmm. Dangerous Zone is playing again. Yeah. I don't know how. It's played at least three or, I think it plays at least three or four times. Mm-hmm. Maybe five. Um, it's bottom of the ninth. We got multiple gogies. Multiple gogies? <laughs> we got multiple bogeys. <laughs> I was curious. They never fight each other. Who? We never pit Iceman against Maverick. No, of course not. Why not? Because you got to go on the missions to evaluate points. No, fighting each other is. Okay. I think that
1: was. The, I think that was the compromise they made. Maybe we're going to put the trophy yeah. in, but they're never going to fight each other because yeah. it wouldn't
4: make sense. Um, and now we've got Iceman and uh, Maverick, and they're both going after. Is it is it Viper this time or Jester? I don't remember. Yeah. And Maverick's got a shot, and Iceman's in his way, and he's mm-hmm. like, "Get out of my way!" And Iceman's going like, "I just I need another twenty seconds. Then I've got it." <laughs> Ten seconds, and this tension is really rising. And Maverick um, is right behind him, right. saying, "Give me the shot." By the way, one thing with real Navy pilots, they ne- they're never this close. There's no need to be. Oh, yeah, they they, they they when they were locking in on a target, they're way far away. Mm-hmm. And they and Pettigrew told them this, and they said, "Well, we can shoot it your way, but it's not going to be dramatic." Yeah. And they did, and he, and he went, "Yeah, you're right. This is you know, this, this is boring. It's really boring." <laughs> yeah. um So the, all this stuff with being this close is, yeah. is is for the movie. And right now, Maverick is really, really close, right on Iceman's tail itching itching to get in and get a shot right. and finally i spend five seconds and finally he pulls away and maverick gets caught in the jet wake it mm-hmm. goes in yeah. jet wash and goes yeah. no an flat spin yeah jet wash. Oh. Oh, shit. Ah! so by the way i think at this moment maverick is still pushing it he's still not really yeah i,
1: I, th- I think this is the one moment where he doesn't I think it's Iceman who wants who's to win holding this trophy. on too much. So, yeah, he's holding on too tight because he wants to win this yeah. trophy. He wants, and so he doesn't pull it when because they're telling him, go. You got to get out of here. Yeah, I've got the shot, and you can't find the shot. But I also think it's just an accident. It's just an accident. He gets caught in the jet wash. He can't pull out. It's a difficult situation.
4: I totally think that's what the movie is telling us, and I, think, I, I really do. I yeah. think that is what the movie is saying. Yeah. What's weird to me is I go like, well, don't you know about these jet washes thing? And you are right behind him, and you just told him to pull out. It's certainly, you know. So it seems like it's it it seems like you put yourself in this situation, right? But 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 the movie clearly says this is an mm-hmm. accident, mm-hmm. and that the the spin out, the flat spin, is really scary. It is scary. It's really genuinely scary, it's and really this is. Out constructed out of a whole bunch of different stuff, one of which is where the one person who actually did die in the making of this film was killed, which is a guy named Art Scholl, Mm -hmm. who I didn't know who he was, but apparently this is like the evil Knievel of stunt pilots. Wow. He was super famous, he had pushed the envelope in all sorts of ways, did all sorts of aerial photography, all sorts of tricks, and what he's doing is filming the POV of the flat spin. So he put his own plane into a flat spin, his plane an inverted flat spin because it was easier to do it and for him, what they said is he did this all the time. And for whatever reason, he lost control of the plane and it went down in the water and he was killed. Jesus. Yeah, which is really, really upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, So what we're watching in the movie is him actually spinning out? Or no, really? no. That's another thing. No, th- it's all constructed from different stuff. Okay. So you have these shots of uh, Anthony Edwards and Tom Cruise who are in this soundstage, yeah, you know, yeah, in, yeah. in the fake thing. And then you also have how they did some of the special effects they built big models and small models but some of them are literally off the shelf f-14 models that they bought in the store and the real when you look at the the shot of the spinning Mm -hmm. uh, f-14 that's a dude up on an 80 foot tower he just flung it off the tower (laughs) to give it a good spin and it's just falling that's all that is that's great and what one of the things too is in order to shoot small things and make them look big one of the things you do is shoot them at higher frame rates mm. so it's essentially in slow motion right and they and the look for the movie was to have sort of a shaky documentary feel look but when you shoot things at a high frame rate it automatically smooths all the shakes out so you can't get it shaky so then how are we going to make this shaky right. so what they did was they attached an electric power drill to the camera and put a piece of wood at the end of the drill so that it's off balance so that every time it's sp- it spins it shakes the camera really fast right and then when you slowed that down it looked more like a handheld shake and that's how you have, have the shaky shots of the miniatures. Well, there you go. I love how I love how people figure stuff like that oh, out. Oh, yeah. It's course. really interesting. It's really so we're in, But the, the spin is really, really scary. Mm-hmm. And Maverick can't get control of the plane. And he can't even reach the ejector. Right. And he's telling Goose to reach the ejector. And Goose finally reaches it. Mm-hmm. And there's this line of watch out for the canopy. Right. And they eject. And Goose slams into the canopy. And then they go down into the ocean. And the shots in the water... They're gorgeous. Yeah, they incredible. are so beautiful. And again, we have these gradient filters, and that give us the shift in colors. And there's the color of the dye in the water. Yeah, the green, and the round waves created from the helicopter. And even this moment where they, the guy's like, "You got to go let go of him, sir." Yeah, and he's holding on to Goose, who's with bloody head. And it's it's gorgeous. Yeah,
1: I remember this was the big deal. This is a big deal. This death. Right? Oh, everyone was <laughs> like, "Don't spoil it." Like I remember. When oh, I cried in the theater. It. Oh, yeah, I know I did because okay. you love Anthony Edwards. Right. Right. It's such a shock. Oh, yeah. And people talk about this. Like, it was one of those films that, like, people didn't want to ruin for other people. Like, people wanted, didn't right. want to spoil it. All that kind of jazz. Am I bo- I'm boring you. No, no. Sorry. <laughs> it's just Tom Cruise. It's my Tom life. Tom boring you. It's my life, Steve. I'm sorry.
4: So, yeah. Um, here's... So... Originally, they wanted it to be a mid-air collision that caused this. Accident. Holy shit! And the Navy said no. Yeah, there's of no because so. you know the Navy's like, no, you have to represent us in the right way, right. and this you can't do. So they said, well, we got to come up with an accident, and they came up with this. And here's the interesting thing I found out: this is actually Goose's fault. Oh, because according to the Navy, he's, according to the Navy, he's guys, supposed to. So it used to be when you did it in eject, the glass around the canopy of a plane was just glass and mm-hmm. it was pretty fragile, and so you would just blast right through it. And when they built the stronger glass of the canopies of the F-14, that wasn't possible anymore. So there's actually two ejector things. One is to blow the canopy off, and then you wait a few seconds, and then you eject the chi- the, the seats. That's what, at least that's what I understand from what right. the Navy guy said. Right. And so that goose ejected them both at the same time, and that's why he runs into the canopy. Oh, shit. According to the Navy guys. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Later, Maverick's in the bathroom. He's washing up. Yeah. In comes Viper in some tidy whiteies. Got the tidy (laughs) whiteies. Uncomfortable. I mean, I wore them. I guess. Yeah, I wore them in the eighties. True. I made the transition in the (laughs) nineties at some point. And then I think Viper gives the worst buck up speech of all time.
1: Dude, watching it this time, I'm like,
4: these guys. Nobody
1: is sympathetic to what's happening. They just want to just get up on the horse. Well, his thing
4: is like, yeah, people die. Guess what? More people are going to die. Yeah. You just got to keep going. (laughs) What are you talking about? He's my best friend. <laughs> like it's- Could I have a day? give me a minute. Yeah, just give me a minute. And then he has a conversation with Kelly McGillis where he says, I think maybe it's my fault. Yeah. And he's kind of going through it. And I it- love the line when he says, I just miss him. Yeah. That's powerful man. That's great. Uh, and she says, I'll be here if you need me. Yeah. Then he has to go talk to Meg. And oh. he's gathering all the stuff. Ryan is so good at this scene, yeah. man. And she tries to make him feel better. She says...
2: Flying with you, Maverick. But he'd flown anyway
0: without you. He hated it, but he would have
4: done it. And that's her way of saying to him: Go on, move yeah, on, move on. You got to move on. Got to go. Move on. Um, it wasn't ac- your fault. Of course, Maverick can't can't talk. Right,
0: There is
1: a lot of jaw flexing acting. Yeah, he's still learning how to yeah. do these moments as an actor. Yeah, well, in
4: Val Kilmer too. There's a lot of there's yeah. a lot of jaw. It was flexing it's more believable for Kilmer.
1: Yeah, Kilmer's a Juilliard trained
4: actor. But um, with, with Cruise, I, you see that. Yeah, I think I, I think Cruise gets to be a much much better actor yes. as time goes on. Agreed, um, especially with emotional scenes. Yeah. Uh, there's a court where they say, just as you say, this was an accident. By the way, I love—we haven't talked about enough—the the synth
1: score throughout this movie mm-hmm. is really great in yeah. the quiet moments when yeah. Goose is dying. The little—I think—is it a viol? Uh, what is it, little guitar things? Dun, 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 dun. Guitar, I think. I think it's a guitar thing that's playing underneath. And and then here with the do 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 like this yeah. whole synth thing that's very, a very good 80s. Story. Yeah, yeah. Very good soundtrack. But, and the the way he shot to Tony Scott, the angles he's using to yeah. make you feel a bit like rigid, disjointed, unsettled is through this whole process, this montage in essence
4: of him being excused, but him not being able to get over it. By the way, I've always liked Tony Scott. Mm-hmm. It, it, he, he doesn't have a great record but he has a good record yeah he does some movies that of his that i really really like mm-hmm. and in listening to him more and more on interviews and commentary tracks and stuff yeah. i like him much less <laughs> well yeah he, he does not come off yeah. as well as yeah. i would like well um the late great tony scott we but they put him back in the plane yeah and he's going up he does beautiful eyebrow acting as well as jaw acting because that's all he has <laughs> he's showing some eyebrows yeah he is and he's you know come on take the shot. Yeah. Engage. And he pulls off, and, and he says, "It's no good. It's no good." Right. Back on the runway, sundown. It's like we could have had him, and and Maverick loses it on.
1: Sundown has no sympathy for him either. As well, he's pushing him too. We could have had him, man. He like, dude. The guy just lost his best friend.
4: Yeah, it's 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 weird. Yeah, nobody has sympathy it, for him. Well, and I get that they want to get him back in there, but it seems a little dude, rough. Dudes are the worst of this shit, and their was res- their <laughs> responses just keep sending him up. Yeah. What the hell? Now we have a scene in the locker room with Iceman, (laughs) in Val Kilmer's apology. Mitchell,
3: I'm sorry about Goose. Everybody liked him.
1: I'm sorry. It's so dramatic. The, the, like, like he's trying to find the right words to not be an asshole. He is such an asshole by default that he says, when he looks up in the air and he, <laughs> we all liked him.
4: <laughs> all of it's really hard for him to say nice things to Maverick. Well, it also seems like part of him is he's saying, when he says we all like him, it's like, we don't like you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we all liked your friend. Oh, well, he knows what he wants to say. Yeah. Right, but he's cutting himself off because he's trying to be nice. And then we hear that Mavericks quit. He's at the airport. Yeah. There's a scene. Kelly shows up at the airport. Um, she got the job. Yeah. And he just sounds like he's ready to go. But
1: even her, she guilts him. Yeah. Well, I guess there's nothing I can say. Huh? You're just going to quit. You perfected yeah. that move.
4: Man, could I, could I process this? Could I have some time to process? Well, and this when death? you say the line, the line, "Oh, you're going to quit," I guess you perfected death. that move. That the implication of that line is that he has been a quitter throughout. He's never quit before. No, but I think the implication is that he's
1: breaking up with her by leaving. Maybe she's. Maybe it's yeah, a. Yeah, but dig. she's
4: moving to Washington. Like we haven't yeah. had it. There's no expectation. I guess like you're right. I I I find this scene really strange. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I well, and this is the thing. The the Bruckheimer movies have big emotional moves. They do. And this is one of them. It's like we are cocky guy, our best friend dies. We go in the totally in the dumps. Yeah. Everyone is telling us you have to go do the the thing. Right. And this is, you know, we're not doing there's nothing subtle in here. Yeah. We're not giving a human experience of grief. It's like, right, what's wrong with you? Quitter. (laughs) Yeah, get up. And she says. To be the best, you make the mistake mistakes and move on. It's just like the rest of us, and 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 she says, "I'm here to help." It's like, well, thank you for the speeches. And he said, "If I really wanted your help, I would ask for it." He said, "Trust me, yeah, I would ask for it." That's a very strong uh, push away or refusal. Yep. And then she's out. Yeah. Uh, he goes to visit Viper, and Viper kind of calls him in and tells him the truth about your dad.
3: What I'm about to tell you. Classified. It could end my career. We are in the worst dogfight I ever dreamed of. There uh, are bogeys like fireflies all over the sky. His F-4 was hit. He was wounded, but he could have made it back. He stayed in it. Saved three planes before he bought it. How come I never heard that before? Well, that's not something the State Department tells dependents... ...when the battle occurred over the wrong line on some map. So you were there? I was there.
4: And this is classified, and I could lose everything by telling you this, but I think you need to know. Yeah. And the reason is because it was over some borders. So the implication, this was in Cambodia or right. Laos or something like that. Right. Maverick asked about his options, and he says, simply, you've acquired enough points to graduate, or you can quit. No disgrace. So let's have this conversation real quick. Okay. Why does he go see Viper if he was at
1: the airport ready to quit? I don't know. Why does he drive over to Viper's house? I
4: wonder if this was an editorial thing, that this scene was actually mm. earlier or later. Maybe. Because I don't think this sequence quite all makes sense. Yeah, maybe he goes off for a while and you have a
1: montage of him like contemplating everything, going through everything, like having like remembering Goose's death, the times together and then comes back when he's finally kind of co- processed it to talk to Viper about so, what's going on.
4: So here's a thing that happens in the editing room and I I don't know what happened here sure, but, sure, but, sure. but 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 like a thing that happens sometimes is you have the script and you have the way the movie is shot and in those yeah. things you think this is what has emotional resonance this relationship this storyline right. this whatever. And then you're in the editing room and you're watching it and the thing that you didn't think that you thought had emotional resonance actually has much less than you thought. Right. And the thing that you thought didn't have as any emotional resonance is suddenly more important. And what I think again, total speculation is that they thought that the Kelly McGillis relationship had more emotional uh, resonance than in fact did. And I Mm. think the airport scene was originally after the Viper scene Oh, is that he went to Viper. Found out about his dad, that still didn't penetrate. Then he dis- and Viper says you can either quit or graduate. Yeah. And then we have the, hey, Wolfman says that he quit. Right. Then he goes to the airport. Then she lits into him and calls him a quitter. And then that's what makes him go back to the graduation. Hmm. And then when they put the film together that way, they said, Man, this scene at the airport is not significant. But the dad story and the relationship with the Viper actually has more emotional resonance and so you move it around i have no idea if that's true Mm -hmm. but that's free and frequently what happens when you're editing you go like well story-wise then this there's certain things that don't work as well but emotionally it works better Mm -hmm. and walter murch's rule is that emotion is always the most important he's one of the great editors this is how you do it now i don't know if that's true But I do know that the unresolved thing about his dad is actually way more important in this movie in a lot of ways than the Kelly McGillis romance. He doesn't get back in that plane without having the questions answered about his dad. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the romance is, it doesn't have that much significance. Yeah. It's, it's good. Well, because it's a rushed romance. Yeah. it's a romance of circumstance. Well, and it doesn't directly relate to the problems of the character. Right. The problems of the character are not romantic problems. Right. The problems of the character is he's got a chip on his shoulder because of his dad. Yep. He's always trying to prove something in the air, and that's what we have to resolve. Yep. You know? And this is why you know, what people don't understand about making movies is it's a process. Yeah. You don't know. You think, you know, when you have the script, this is what it is, but it's not right. And you don't know until you're looking at the images in post. What's actually, Oh, I feel something here. And I like the exit too. When Tom leaves and he says, sorry to bother you on a Sunday, sir. That's very respectful mm. in a way that we haven't seen him before. He's learning. Yeah. Swings by Kelly's house. She's gone. Yeah. So up for sale. And we're at graduation. Everyone's in their dress whites. Where's Maverick. Iceman's won the trophy. Of course. And then there's Maverick, and he goes up to Iceman and says, Congratulations. Yeah. Which is classy in a yep. way that we might. And right when we're starting to feel a little good about this,
3: Gentlemen, I hate to break up the party before it really gets out of hand, but there is work to be done. Some of you have to depart immediately. We have a crisis situation.
4: And it's Maverick and Iceman and Slider and I forget who else. Hollywood Wolfman. Yeah. yeah we got to we got to go off and we got to go deal with a thing. And we're back out on our aircraft carrier. And, of course, this end of the movie and the beginning of the movie it was all shot at once. Oh, sure. It was five days, I think, on the USS Enterprise. Oh, wow. Uh, which is a real working aircraft carrier. And they have a deal with the Navy. And, you know, that, that's a and – and the aircraft carrier is really out in the service of – this movie, for yeah. five days. That's great. And Rick Rossovich and Val Kilmer got kicked off the boat. Oh, no. Why? Oh, yeah. um, so I'm not entirely sure why Val got kicked off. Uh, Rick Rossovich, you know, didn't uh, impress me so much in re- hearing his explanation of this. Oh. So he was there. Uh, they all got assigned bunks, and they're mm-hmm. just bunks in crew quarters. Mm-hmm. And I guess his bunk was near a like a, a radiation sign because it's a nuclear aircraft right. carrier. And so he goes, I don't want to sleep near this. So he just grabs his gear and go wanders around and finds another bed. It goes to sleep in it. And at three in the morning, the officer whose bed that is comes in and says, what are you doing in my bed? Yeah. And essentially it seems like he told him to fuck off. I'm a Hollywood actor. Yeah. Yeah. And he gets called in front of the Admiral on the, on the bridge and dressed down. And it's funny if, if he had told this story and then apparently there was another incident, which he didn't say what it was. And then they, they flew him off the aircraft carrier and Val Kilmer. And if he had told the story and said, ah, oh, it's so embarrassing. I was a dumb kid. Right. You know, I you know, I just didn't understand. And I feel really bad. If he had told the story that way, I would have been like, okay. Yeah. But this is like a late 50s, 60-year-old guy. And he said, ah, oh, you know, I think they're so bored out there and we came on and we're having such a good time. And they yes. just, we stressed, we just stressed them out and they couldn't handle it. And I was like, Oh, you're an asshole. Yeah. Kinda. Um, but, uh, yeah, they're really shooting on an aircraft carrier and we find out that there's, uh, some Migs that they're selling about rescuing a ship. And I don't quite understand exactly yeah. what the plot is, Yeah, but Hollywood and Wolfman and Iceman and slider, they head off to deal with it, and Maverick and Merlin, which is Tim Robbins, mm-hmm. are in reserve waiting. Right. Um, and I love, of course, we have the line: "This is the real deal." Right. And uh, Viper offers to be uh, Maverick's
1: uh, second in the plane if uh, he doesn't have his assignment when he gets
4: there. Oh, that's a great point. Yeah, it's and Maverick's on the deck listening to the radar, and <laughs> you know this is a classic. 80s line they must be getting close yeah i'm getting a hard on getting a hard on ice has the lead there are a lot of first. we think it's four two bogeys now it's four and then it's five and immediately there's a radar lock and hollywood gets hit yeah by the way they, they went to the navy and they said we want to fire a missile we want to fire some missiles and the Navy's like no you No, we're not letting you fire You're, We're flying the planes, that's fine We're not firing any missiles Because right. by the way, these missiles cost yes, you know, $100,000 or something yes. to fire one So finally they said, you can fire one So almost every, miss, every missile you shot That's the same missile They only fired one They shot it from several different angles And they would, they would flop it So on one, it would, it would shoot left to right And then right. they would reverse it So now it's shooting right to left But they only shot one missile Which we use over and over and over again um, And now it's time for Maverick to take off And he says, you know, I'm supersonic, I'll be there in 30 seconds. And apparently we can't launch any more planes. Right. (laughs) Because something has broken. And Maverick comes to help to engage and he's on the tail of the MiG and what happens? Flies through jet wash. Yep. And this is great. This is classic good filmmaking structure is he has to deal with the thing that killed his friend. He manages to survive the jet wash, but then he's shook. Right.
3: Come on, let's get back and engage, Maverick. Come on. Uh, it's not good. Get in there, Maverick. It's
4: no good. He pulls out. It's no good. He pulls out.
1: Which which confirms what, which we uh, didn't mention, but which confirms what Kazansky said, or Iceman says to James Tolkien's character when he says, like, it's not personal. Do we think Maverick, you know, is the right person to be able the and the guy says to him, "Don't. I hear your concerns. Don't worry about it. Just focus on the flying. Yep. And so in this moment, when uh, Maverick pulls out, Iceman says, I knew it. I knew it because yep. he, he was worried about it.
4: And then we have this moment. And he's
1: right to have that concern.
4: Of course. Yep. As you said before, span is always right. He's pretty much always right. Um, and then we have this moment where he looks at Goose's dog tags, mm-hmm. totally created in post. This wasn't anywhere in here. There's no shot of him in the cockpit looking at the dog. They yeah. went, we need one more thing. And yeah. they went, well, we have this dog tag shot. And they just reused it over Perfect. and over again and made this moment happen. And when he's looking at the dog tags And that music comes in And you're Mm -hmm. like okay And Maverick is engaging I'm just glad they didn't
1: have a goose voiceover Oh my god Use
4: the, fall. Use the goose, <laughs> Use Maverick. The goose, Maverick. <laughs> um, Use the goose, Maverick. Use the goose. Um, And now Maverick's back and we get that great battle. Yeah, man. It's really fun. Yeah. And in particular, what's fun about it is when Iceman is in trouble and then the teamwork. You're going to break hard, right, or whatever mm-hmm. it is. And then we see the break maneuver. We see all this stuff. Yeah, just wipe out those MiGs. And he doesn't leave his wingman. And that's the other thing is that is that Merlin is going, leave your wingman. He's yeah. like, nope, I am not. Le-. And now we have learned the lesson. Yes. Absolutely. 100% he had to go through everything he had gone through to to learn the lesson yeah we have one missile left we take out the last guy how did they do the explosions oh interesting you should ask okay so so all this is on with the models Mm -hmm. and one of the really fun things about (laughs) special effects is that they they had to go do explosions for a month right so they have like you know, we're gonna blow up black powder, we got dynamite, we have gasoline, we have different chemicals, different additives, and they're just blowing shit up to get the right ones. And then yeah, they're blowing up models. Oh, These wow. are some of them are just the little 18-inch off-the-shelf models, some yeah. of them are big eight-foot models. Yeah, they're just blowing them up. Great sound effects. Really good when they blow up. And we scratch our fourth MIG. Woo! Last four. Mustang, this is Voodoo 3. Your remaining MIGs are
1: bugging out. Yeah. Yeah.
4: Maverick requests a flyby. <laughs> I like that he says negative pattern is full. Like, I don't know exactly what pattern is full means. Right. But we were just in the middle of a fucking battle. Yeah. He's acting like it's just an ordinary day, and it's the same guy. <laughs> and we do the flyby, and he spills the coffee. The buzz in the tower the second time yeah. works.
1: I think it's earned. Because he's learned his lessons, Right, but he's still him.
4: Yes. And I that's agree. really important. I agree. Yeah. And Iceman does it with him. Yes. That's really important. Yes, agreed. Everyone is cheering as they get out of the plane. Hollywood and Wolfman, I guess, were recovered from right. a rescue operation. A uh, big hug. Iceman.
1: You are still dangerous.
3: You can be my wingman anytime. Bullshit. You can be mine.
4: Val Kilmer refused to say, you can bring my wingman anytime, hated the line. They're like, it's been in the script the whole time. (laughs) Of course. He wouldn't come out on the set. Of course. He stayed in his- Such a diva bitch. You know, downstairs. Such a diva bitch. finally, they somehow got him to come out and give the line. And of course, it's great. Yeah, of course. It's it's like, dude, this is the movie you're in. It's a cheesy line. It is a cheesy line. But you got to make it work. Later on, he tosses the dog tags into the water, proving that he's moved on. And we hear that now that he's a big hero, he can choose any job he wants. He wants to be an instructor at Top Gun. I don't know that Maverick's such a good instructor at this age. Maybe today, 30 years later, we in a don't movie, know. he's going to be great. We don't know what the plot is. But this young guy, I don't know if he's ready to be I an love instructor. God help us. We're back at Top Gun. There was They actually shot a scene, a whole romantic reunion with Kelly McGillis. Mm. And it was terrible. Okay. So they reshot the whole scene again, mm-hmm. and it was terrible. <laughs> and they're like, how are we going to end this movie? And then they came up with the, you lost that love and feeling. By the way, the, there's a symbolism in this moment before this thing starts, the
1: plane landing. Mm. When the plane lands, and they go right to Fyter Town USA in the bar, yeah. the plane landing is Kelly coming back. Oh. That,
4: everything's oh, coming nice. back
1: home. Nice. Yeah, 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 And
4: we see fingers put It's uh, not that know, the Tony's a symbolic guy, I'm just saying. Sure. Yeah. Uh, the song plays, and there she is. And we get that Tom Cruise smile and he says, this could be complicated. And then we have the repetition on the first one. I crashed and burned. And the second. I don't know. But. uh, It's looking good so far. And then we fade to black before they kiss, which is interesting. Yes. Um, And I like that we get to see our guys in the credits a little bit. Yeah.
1: It's fun. Then you get to hear the full song. Yep. You lost that love and feeling playing powerfully.
4: Um, and we roll our credits. Mm-hmm. We've reached the end of Top Gun. Yeah. How do you feel?
1: I feel great. <laughs> I feel like I, I feel like I want to watch it all over again now, again, even though I just watched it like a couple
4: hours ago. Um, obviously, this is a huge, huge hit. Yeah, it man. ran for a year.
1: Ha <laughs> ha! Yeah. It Back was, when movies could do that. Yeah.
4: it Ran for a whole year. Yeah. Um and, and so we could talk about like Oscar stuff. There was nominated for four Oscars. It won for best song. Right. Other ones were the technical awards, but that's not really what this is about. This is the beginning of a whole thing in filmmaking. It's the beginning of Tom Cruise. It's the mm-hmm. beginning of Bruckheimer and Simpson. It's the beginning of a, a change in the way movies are. Right. They brought huge, huge numbers of recruits to the Navy yes. to be pilots. I wonder how those guys are feeling about their choice. <laughs> yeah, right. um, I mean, this is a groundbreaking movie. Yeah, absolutely. And, it's, and it still resonates
1: today in terms of the soundtrack, the songs the uh the film itself but people still come back still watch it. it's on constant rotation on all the cable channels it is a film that people come back to all the time and it really uh, it solidified tom cruise as a star a superstar oh, yeah. he from this
4: point forward he is a superstar because the other movie that came out i think right before this is legend yes and legend is one of those disappointing Ridley yeah, right. scott movies yeah and i think at that moment you know if there's no top gun i don't know that tom cruise becomes a star right you i agree know? completely and this and
1: you, if you see Days of Thunder, it's essentially almost the same movie, oh, yeah. including the jet wash being the accident. Yep. The jet wash is the accident for him, and all of that. And uh, Tony Scott establishes himself off this film as well. Yeah, and Kerry always says Iceman, yeah, right. In yeah, the, yeah he's co- in that uh, in that film, and um, the Kelly McGillis thing is always interesting, uh, all around and the film itself, what happens with her afterwards, and Anthony Edwards, too. Anthony Edwards, because of this movie. Uh, refuses to do uh, the full Revenge of the Nerds two sequel because he had done Revenge of the Nerds right. before Top Gun and out of Top Gun because of how he looks he he thought going back to Revenge of the Nerds would ruin his like kind of like right. movie star status to a degree and so he only does that small scene at the beginning of the movie of the sequel and and then I don't think he ever returns to the movie I don't know. and he doesn't. He doesn't really ever become a big movie
4: star, No, but he had been getting, There's there was a big some TV movie star. of his, there's some movie of his that's like a comedy right after Top Gun where he's like the lead, I don't uh, know what it's called,
1: with uh, uh, Linda Fiorentino.
4: Yeah. I don't remember what it is. I want to say Hot Target, but I don't think that's right. It, it's some it's like he's a it's like a um man who knew too much story where he's like a kid that somehow becomes part of some big spy somewhere. i think yeah and i totally went to see it in the theater because i loved him so much Mm -hmm. from the sure thing revenge of the nerds and top gun right that i went i love this guy and it's not that good a movie and then it's you know but he does get to do er and that's a huge huge show for him which he's great on yes he is um and yeah it's interesting do you have a any final thoughts, perhaps, well, on Top final Gun? Here's my final thoughts. Yeah.
1: This is still the greatest 80s film ever made. Yeah. I don't care what anyone no, says. No, 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 not even close. <laughs> You're all it's in the insane. <laughs> no, this is one of... Uh, honestly, if you could take my heart out of my chest and put it into a movie, it is Top Gun. It is. Uh, it means so, so much to me. Uh, because of where, when I saw it in my life and what it brings up for me. And we all have those films. We all have the films, certain films that hit us at certain times in our life, changing times in our lives that uh, we come back to all the time and remember and make us feel happy again and smile. And this is a film that whenever I'm down or I'm feeling not so great, I will put this on and it will just lift my spirits. And I can't explain why specifically but I think it all just comes back to a time when I felt the world was possible like everything was possible in the world as a young man and I loved it and I was feeling myself and everything like that other than that I think it's a great fun enjoyable action film with actually something to say about relationships in terms of friendships and what you have to learn as you grow up you know the the, the things you have to put away the cockiness because there's a price to the cockiness and what you have to learn you can still be yourself within the construct of a system and follow the rules but you can still find the moments to be yourself and be rebellious and be different and that's what's important uh uh, overall and it's an enjoyable damn film that's all
4: it's the first thing i want to say just related to what you said is that as much as i'm a rational person Mm -hmm. i don't think our love of films is rational of course like I don't think you can go like here I'm going to mark up all the positive points of the film and the right. one with the most positive points is the greatest film or the one I love the most that's not how it works. Right. And you're lo- you know you love this film. Yeah. You know just like with people there are people you love and it's not because you've tallied up their good qualities against their bad qualities right. you love them because you love them yep. you know. Um it's funny by the way I not only is this not my favorite 80s film <laughs> I bet I could find 10 films of the 80s that we've reviewed on the Cinephiles. That are way above top. Gun. Well, I'm sorry sure you feel that way. It's <laughs> mm-hmm. not true to me, but I'm sorry. Well, you feel and this that. is the thing. Yeah. Please see my previous point. <laughs> um, I totally enjoyed watching this movie again. Yeah. It is a really important movie. I think I have aged past it in a certain way, particularly okay. with the teaching thing. Okay. Is that I can't love it the way that you loved mm-hmm. it, even though I did love it probably exactly that way in the '80s. Yeah. And now I look at it and I just—it's really the character of Tom of Maverick, who I just just who's pushing my buttons in wow. a way. And, and there's some, there's some big kind of plot things that we talked about yep. where I go like, well, well hold on. <laughs> but I also think just as Orson Welles discovered things with Citizen Kane and Hitchcock discovered things in making his kinds of movies is Simpson and Bruckheimer and Tony Scott discovered something important about what films could be yep. that we did not know before this. Yep. The formula for them. And this is a really important change in where film was going to go. Absolutely. Yeah. Some of my favorite films are from those two guys. and Bruckheimer. Yeah. Well, you love Bad Boys. You love I Armageddon. Do. I do. Yeah. It's my style. Yeah. I love Beverly Hills Cop. I love Crimson Tide. Right. Um, and, and a bunch of other ones. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen Flashdance in a long time, but I remember liking that, too. I did, too. Yeah. Um, So I think that's what we think about Top Gun. Of course, we always want to hear what you think. You can reach us on our Facebook page. Do a search for the Cinephiles. Visit our website, cinephiles.net. Buy a couple movies there. Maybe rent some. You can access Amazon streaming. You can subscribe to the film, the movie. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, on YouTube. Uh, Leave your reviews on iTunes, comments on YouTube um if you want to support this uh show you can do so on patreon.com slash the maybe there's a movie you want to suggest for us to talk about mm-hmm. as always you can reach me on twitter at sr morris john where can they reach you
1: you guys can always reach me at the roca says on twitter and on instagram and i hope we brought anybody who loves this film a lot of joy with us talking about it. maybe some of you who've never seen the film or have been hesitant to watch the film or hadn't seen in a long time. you got to fly into the
4: danger zone. Yeah,
1: you got to fly in danger. Maybe we've inspired you to fly into that danger zone and have a little fun with this film. And that's it for
4: this week. We will see you next time on The Cinephiles.